This is Dmitry Samarov, who you know. Today I'm talking to the painter James Jankowiak about growing up in back of the yards, getting into a graffiti writing, then transitioning into uh, more of a traditional, I guess, uh, or painting on canvas, not not on uh, not on walls. Uh, about teaching uh, kids uh, and just about sustaining uh, a kind of art life uh, over the long haul. James has a show going at Compound Yellow in Oak Park. And uh, if you're listening to this in uh, October of 22, of 2022, uh, when it posts, make sure and go check it out. Now here's our talk. How early do you usually get up? Like on a typical uh, day? I'm usually up by like no later than 7.30 in the morning. Um, depends what time I'm knocking out. Are you recording already? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Am I close enough to the microphone? You're good. I think that I think I, I was bitching about the, the sound on one of the on yeah, one of our, our emails. You know, it's a it's a work in progress, and it just it depends a lot on people's technology. Like, yeah, yeah. like in those remote ones are trickier. This is much simpler, you know. Like, okay. the worst things that will happen here might be a little bouncy, but I can, you know I can temper that a little bit with in ed cool. editing, you know. But this will be totally fine. Cool. And you do edit it because like I'm I'm still like in the mode of like welcoming you into the studio. You've like you sat down like five minutes ago. And, uh -huh. You know, oh, yeah. I didn't realize you, you were going to start recording right away. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I like I like long meandering conversations with with not not a lot of planning and because it goes weird places. I've, and, yeah. I've listened to your podcast, man. Yeah, I mean, some pe people like you know, like, a couple of them go like two and a half hours. You know, like people Jeez. just get on what we get on something and it just goes. No, that's cool. That's man. what I'm into. Yeah, uh, and they're just you know they're they're sort of records of you know conversations with people I find interesting for various reasons. You know, are there topics that you find uh, like like as a whole that that uh, if if you get people started on them, it feels like it's a natural kind of like like a like a universal human uh, feeling. Like everybody loves to talk about their childhood or uh, something, or, or it depends like on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on what their thing is, like, what, you know, I mean, clearly most of the people I've talked to are, like, you know, creative types one way or another, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's, like, the only people I know, so. I hear you. I don't know any of the uncreative types. You're going to start feeling uh, the endorphins kicking in from walking up the six flights of stairs, by the way. Every single time I walk up the six flights of stairs, it kicks my yeah. ass when I get up there. But yeah. then, like when I get back to the studio, like 10, 15 minutes after I do it, <laughs> like, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, it's like benefits of exercise. Like I'm starting to feel. Pain. Well, I, I've, I mean, I just got off my bike. I, I rode from North Avenue, <laughs> so I, I didn't need any fucking endorphins. That's awesome. I, right? I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was stupid. I actually went and had a iced coffee before to like cool off. Yeah. And then and then I went and did these fucking stairs. It was stupid. Not decaf. No, I don't uh, do decaf. Yeah, I don't do decaf. That, that's not coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. Although if I have like caffeine, I'm a, I'm a closer. Coffee's for closers. <laughs> that's true. And you're 
Yeah. <laughs> um, if I have coffee after three o'clock, oh really? Oh, I'm yeah, up until like like I just can't sleep, man. I can feel it, and I I have to have like and I have like a huge amount of coffee every day, but like I have to have a cutoff point at three. Today I'm kind of breaking the rule a little bit though, uh-huh. because I I stopped and I I'm eating junk food. Oh. I had a slice of, uh, of pizza I mean, I over here. After I taught, I was like, I was starving, so I was like, well, I'm gonna get something I can eat in the car. And then I, I'm, I've got a diet Pepsi. So that's caffeinated, man. Man, you're, just so living, you're pick, living on the edge. You know, man? You're gonna, be, you're gonna talk some crazy shit. This is, uh, this, thing. <laughs> this is the artist life, man. This is the glamorous artist life. Mm-hmm. But uh, Slice of pizza and diet Coke. Pretty much, yeah. man. After, after spending the morning with, uh, 19 teenagers making paintings. Um, Where are you teaching? I'm at uh, Hancock High School. It's Where's a that? it's a college prep, man. Or it's a uh, it's on 65th Street, like maybe uh, like a block or two east of uh, Central. Oh, okay. So it's kind of on the edge of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. They used to be by 55th and Pulaski. Uh, the building that they inhabited was. Uh, used to be Lord's High School, hmm. and uh, that shut down, and then Hancock took over, and then they became what they call a selective enrollment high school. Hmm. Um, and so, so 65th in Central, that's like a far edge of Midway, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, uh, like where the, the, the last of the runways probably end, just very close to it, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, you've been to my house. That's pretty much where I live. I'm, I'm very close to Midway. Yeah, you I, stopped by before. I stopped by for. I was. Dro- I was probably dropping up some somewhere. artwork or something. Yep. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, you live right around there, right? Yeah, it's pretty convenient, man. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty lucky. Um, I've been kind of uh, calming down uh, over the past uh, year or so, um, doing less teaching. Yeah. Than before. Um, I don't know, man. It, I, I'm starting to feel like I have like an expiration date. Oh, on the teaching? Yeah, man, I don't have the same, I don't have the same amount of patience uh, that I used to have in the past. And uh, that doesn't mean that, the, that when I'm in a school that I'm impatient, it's that I think I was taking too much work before. I was really depending on it to kind of survive. And yeah. The schedule of being a teaching artist and keeping up a healthy studio practice um, Kind of enabled me, I guess, you know, to to keep making stuff. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, my kids at Hancock are—they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, most of them I've known since they were freshmen. A um, few of my kids graduated this year, and they still get to participate in the program. It's a—it's one of those programs where they get paid. Mm. You know, it's an after-school management program. Oh, okay. So they all get yeah, a stipend. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wear the shirt. Uh, I, I wear the shirt like every Monday, just in case somebody from the office mm. pops by. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. But um, I really do like. Uh, I I really do like my my job. My my program's been around, man, for almost eighteen years. Mm. I've been teaching the same program, yeah. and uh, the the kids are awesome. They're uh, it's called Contemporary Painting Studio, so we kind of focus on, um, you know, like we don't do like the stuff that their high school art teachers do. Mm. Um, it is a painting program, yeah. but it's also uh, it's also meant to get kids to look at 
painters. So I like I'm constantly kind of bombarding them with work by other painters and talking about the work of other painters and just starting to get them thinking about looking at other people's art really. That's so what are you showing them? What are you working on lately? Like what would you work Well on we just lately? started we just started last week. Okay. Um, our our new program and uh, a couple of my students have been to the MCA to see the Nick Cave exhibition and they're really excited about that. Now keep in mind they're like uh, got like 19 students and, and like there's like pockets of students that yeah. kind of click together a little bit mm -hmm. and like you know some of the pockets they're uh, they're like obsessed with anime you know yeah. and, uh, and I, I try really hard to kind of like accommodate like like the, like I can't pick like one artist mm. for all the kids to look at and like expect that they're gonna uh, yeah. respond to the same artist. Like yeah. you know, some of the kids are gonna respond; they're gonna love it. So I'm constantly trying to kind of keep things moving, and also like as a teaching artist, um, you know, I I definitely use a lot of artists that I really love. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mind is not working right now. You might have to edit this out. Uh, uh -huh. Who's the painter at the uh, Smart Museum right now? Uh, that I'm like freaking on. Um, black artist who uh, Bob Thompson. Bob Thompson. Yeah, that just that ended. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah like, I, wrote, I reviewed that show for the reader. Yeah, that was yeah. I really love. Yeah, that man. Show. I'm I'm just having a blank. I, oh, no, I, I love that guy too, man. And you know, like like uh, I don't get. I I went there a few times. I don't know how the fuck he did those paintings. They shouldn't work. They're like they're so weird and. I maybe he just didn't know any. He was. I mean, he died really young. I know. Like, man. he just stuck flat stuff against perspective. Like I don't know how how he did it. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's. They're really puzzling. <laughs> they shouldn't. They should be. They should be complete failures. Like a lot of those things. They absolutely should. Not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, you're trying to combine kind of like figuration with abstraction in a in a way. Yeah, with like, flat cut out figures. Like he would plop like these this kind of like. Basically, like there's silhouettes, like but, paper, paper cutout thing yeah. in in a, in in, to, in a in a landscape. Yeah, but and it like, works. <laughs> and and I use the word silhouette, but yeah. they're not just silhouettes, and and, yeah. and they're not just flat paper. Like some of yeah. them have like some yeah. features. Oh well, yeah, them, there's you know, three, three more out. different kinds of sort of like yeah. rendering in in all the paintings. Yeah, <laughs> and he he just mashes them together. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I like for example, uh, uh, in our last session, uh, when I, when I went to go see that show, like for example, like if I if I go to a show like that and I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm I'm inside the the gallery and I'm looking at these paintings and I'm thinking of my kids like yeah. almost the entire time. I'm kind of like, wow, my God, I wish that I was here with my kids right now. And you know, like we we have a field trip budget, right? Yeah. You know, but we had already gone to the art mm -hmm. institute. You know, yeah. it was like done already. You know, like we're not going on another field trip right now. It's just not administratively, it's not yeah. going to happen. So the next best thing is like just <clears throat> I just take take pictures of like you know fifteen paintings. Yeah. You know, from the show, and then I'll put together a, a you know a little PowerPoint for them, and uh, you know Monday comes and uh, hey, how was your weekend? And yeah. And. Uh, well, let me show you what I saw this weekend, and I'll start showing you paintings by Bob Thompson. And uh, and I, I'll only talk about artists that I feel like a, a real, uh, particularly painters, you know, that I'm, like I, I really feel like I've struggled uh, to do what they're doing. Like you said, it's impossible yeah. to do it, by, and that's why if you if you look around the studio, like you're not going to see like any silhouettes, yeah, you know, or figuration or anything. 
because I've already decided that there's there's no fucking way that I'm going to be able to really pull that off, at least at this stage in the game, um, unless uh-huh. it's in a commercial application. Sure, if it's a, if it's a commission or whatever. Yes, yeah. um, and and there's been a, a couple, and and I I don't mind I don't mind saying a, a commercial application. Yeah, you know it's like like kind of like a big taboo word, you know, but like kind of make a living, and it's like uh, for with who for who? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know those people. Oh no, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, but fuck them. You know that 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 means they either have like they're independently wealthy or they have some other revenue stream. Let's say that right. where they where they can sneer at people that that do prostitute themselves, their talents for for, for I, less lesser I, for, for the lower. I also at the same time listen. I'm not I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to make it sound like. I don't. I don't have my moments of snarkiness, though, either. No, when no. It you, to, you, when you it comes to certain contemporary it, artists, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, like, uh, like the whole hype beast kind of uh, scene. You know, I, I come from a graffiti background. You know, right. like when I was a kid, you know, I was, go- I was gonna get to it. Like <clears> no, no, it's okay. Like, but like, like we're talking about commercial right. art now. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, so it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. I, I can remember like uh, when I was a kid, like. Uh, um, seeing like the first Flintstones commercial, like the the Fruity Pebbles mm. commercial when they were like dressed like Run DMC, <laughs> like like when hip hop first started getting like commercialized back in the back in the eighties, and like like I I'm almost certain that you could probably YouTube it, like maybe I should. No, I remember it. I very vaguely remember Fruity Pebbles, but the Run DMC I don't remember. Well, they were they were wearing like Run DMC clothes, like they were wearing like big rope chains and like it, I swear they were doing something like that. But anyways, all that sure like they weren't just wearing their usual shit. They had sunglasses. They were wearing their usual shit, but like like, <laughs> but they had like gold chain, you know, like like they had like like this kind of like full hip hop thing going. And then you know like a lot of the other like like corporate advertising and stuff that was coming out at that time. Yeah. That was kind of latching on to that culture and and yeah. uh, like the first graffiti that you saw like for packaging, like people like like people actually trying to mass market and sell yeah. things. Like the, the, it's funny because the lettering that they were doing back then looked like it was done by people that never did graffiti in their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, sure. it just, it looked like a, like a total outsider trying to do this thing. And now in 2022, it's almost as if like that kind of lettering is now being done by, by people who are actually invested in the culture. It's, I don't know. It's bizarre. Sure. Yeah. How Every, everything gets codified eventually, you yeah, know, because it gets absorbed into mass culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I remember when, like, you know, the graffiti graffiti artists they first started trying to put them in galleries, and that was really strange. Yeah, I never, never really got into that. Like, well, I kind of lived through that a little bit. Yeah, uh, on a Chicago level, yeah. you know, and I like I. Um, yeah, I guess I remember that still on the East Coast before, probably before I got here. Yeah, man, you know, um, like those New York guys, like the ones that like bombed the trains, you know, and then then eventually made it into the, into the galleries. So history wise, I I, I haven't talked about this stuff in a while. So uh, maybe you knew this about me, maybe you didn't, but back in like 1991, Mm -hmm. when I like turned, I was like 20, gonna, gonna be 21 years old. Yeah, because um, we're we're pretty much the same age, I think. Yeah, more or less. Um, yeah. We had like a, a 
Have you ever heard of uh, Beret International? I remember Beret International. Ned Schwartz. He was the uh, guy that ran the gallery. Um, yeah, but that lasted long, like into into through the nineties, I think, didn't it? Yeah. So this is really early, yeah. super early. Like uh, you know, like honestly, like I uh, Wicker Park. Or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and you know, and this is like when Wicker Park was yeah. totally different than it is sure. now. Sure. Yeah. Um, Club Dreamers, you know, like yeah. that was like the first commercial gig I ever got. Was, oh, yeah. was painting. Uh, I did all the graffiti in Club Dreamers when I was like 19 years old. Dan oh. Heights like hired me to do uh, um, uh, these really horrible murals. Like yeah. I mean, like back then I was a kid. You you know, I, I never made it into that place. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we used to drink underage there yeah. back then. It was it was a different uh, it was it's a where, different yeah, time back Nick's, then. Nick's Beer Garden. The, now it's next beer garden. Yeah, right. It has been for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. Yeah, that was like one of the first. Uh, that was like one of the first commercial gigs I got, and then um, uh, another uh, friend of mine who was, uh, you know, that you know, I did a lot of graffiti with back then, uh, met Ned, and uh, Ned was intrigued with us back then because it was still kind of like a relatively new thing like people didn't really understand it or know much about it in Chicago it was yeah. you know it was old hat already in New York you know but yeah. in Chicago it was kind of a newish thing and um, Ned was awesome because uh, he looked at us as artists man you know and like not not a lot of people did back then you know like they um, the you know I, I was raised in the back of the yards and um, you know I I used graffiti, man, to uh, to give myself uh, an identity, man, in my neighborhood. Like a lot of people don't really understand, like what it feels like to like leave your house every day and like you're like constantly looking over your shoulder because you think somebody's gonna jump you or shoot yeah. you, like constantly, like all the fucking time. And it's uh, it's and I, I think it made us all a little crazy, man. I think it, you know, and um, and I think graffiti was. Uh, how did what were you? How were you introduced to graffiti? Like so, um, well, the f I mean, the first time I saw it where, uh, where like I realized it was like a, a, a an organized thing was uh, through a, a movie um, by uh, Charlie Ahern uh, called Wild Style. Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And um, there was also a uh, there was also a book that came out. I don't remember the author, man, but it was called Street Art. Mm. OK, but this is like I want to say like 86. 85 like somewhere in that it came so out like, like then like like so you would be like 15 16 something like yeah that. exactly man exactly and uh you know back then anything that had graffiti in it was it was kind of rare of course there was you know subway art spray can art the you know those yeah. are like the kind of like the yeah. um, that's like the old testament and the new testament basically for <laughs> for any graffiti writer like up to this day you know um but there, there were a few other things that, that came out, um, and I remember uh, this book, Street Art, had Jenny Holzer in it, and, um, you know, her uh, abuse of power comes as no surprise, you know, like uh, on Lady Pink, you know, and then you find out that there was these collaborations, you know, between these New York graffiti artists, and, you know, like, like, like I, I, I would it's a bad label, but like a mainstream contemporary artist, even though at that time, Jenny Holzer was just kind of starting off and she was doing a lot of stuff on the street too, yeah. you know? Um, so there was this kind of cross pollination that was happening. And as a, oh, is that you? Yeah, it's me. 
Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. Hey. I don't know why it's acting up all of a sudden. What is that? It's my phone. <laughs> oh, you have, you have a flip phone? It's a, well, it's, 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 a, it's a, yeah, modern version of it. Man, yeah. nobody's going to find you, man. Nope. That's good. <laughs> well, anyways, I was saying as a, as a kid, um, it was my first exposure to uh, contemporary art. And, like, and also to this kind of like, this fantasy that like not all of us were having you know but there was a bunch of us you know a bunch of young kids doing graffiti back then when we discovered this this world we we started having these fantasies that we could be successful artists one day and that um and that there there was a place for us but where'd you see that movie where'd you see wild style i rented it you rented it yeah i actually i have a first uh first print vhs in the big the big tall you know gigantic box (laughs) Yeah, those boxes were gigantic. Yeah, I remember. It, I, I want to say it was like ninety. I want to say it was like ninety-five or ninety-six. I was in a video store, and um, I saw a copy of Wild Style there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I couldn't believe that they had it. You know, I mean, uh, I had already seen it. You know, like yeah. many years before. And then you know, because when that when that movie first came out, that was kind of when breakdancing and all that stuff kind of hit mm-hmm. Chicago, and it was, everything was really popular. And then a lot of kids just moved on. You know, and, and but there was a, a group of kids who stuck with it. Yeah. Anyways, I saw it at uh, and it was at a video store, yeah. and I'm like, hey, I'm like, how often do you rent this? Yeah. And the guy's like, never. You yeah. know, and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, can I buy this for you? Yeah. The guy's like, give me five bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I bought it for like five bucks, and it was like in mint condition. It was like sure. like it, nobody nobody it. rented it. You know, but um, so I've got that. But uh, yeah, discovered it through that, and then I had a, uh, a friend in high school who uh, was was doing graffiti. Uh, I met him when I was a freshman. I went to a really strict Catholic high school. Uh, it's called Quigley South. It was a seminary. It was where you like studied to be a priest. Where was that one? Uh, it it was at Seventy Seventh and Western on okay. the South Side. It's it's oh, yeah. still there, but it's Saint Rita now. Saint Rita, yeah, right. Yeah, quickly so, closed. Right, right by where the the Western bus stops. And the, right where the Western you, bus stops. You got to change yep. if you want to keep going south. You got to change to the next the suburban one. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Because I, I lived in Beverly for a few years, so that I I remember that. I sometimes had to. I remember those take days. That bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, anyways. Uh, I, I met this kid that was also doing it, and uh, um, and, it, and it was kind of like he was like my first kind of like like tagging partner, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I was already doing graffiti, but I didn't really realize that that there was like a competitive aspect of like mm-hmm. getting your name up and all that. And I think that it was like a perfect, it, it was a perfect pathology for us at yeah. that time. Yeah, man, because like we we all did like kind of like I mean we didn't realize it at the time, you know, but we all we all kind of felt like. Nobody gave a shit about us, and I think mm. I think it was uh, we wanted attention, man. You know, yeah. that's what it comes down to. You just you you want attention. You want somebody to notice that you're alive. Um, you also wanted, you know, like I would say, you know, that honestly, you know, I, I said it before, you know, but like really, there was real danger of yeah. like like living where I lived back then. Yeah. And uh, I wanted the guys that wanted to kill me yeah. to notice mm. that I was a graffiti writer, yeah. so they'd leave me alone. You know, because uh, it, it, it gave me, a, uh, it gave me a, an out, you know, because... You got uh, some, some kind of cred? Well, all these... <laughs> no, it's not even about... No, it no. has nothing to do with cred. It oh, has to, you no. get out, you go to other... It, it, has, it has everything to do with your friends that you grew up with next door to you, that you've known since you were six, seven years old. When you hit 
12, 13 years old, mm-hmm. some of your friends start joining gangs. Yeah. And you're 12, 13 years old, and you're still friends with them. And when you, when you are hanging around with people who are in gangs, you might as well be in a gang to the other gang. Because the other right. gang is not going to look at you yeah. like, oh, you're just their friend. Everything's yeah. cool. It's not like, no, no, you know yeah. what? I saw you with that kid, and I'm going to pop you right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to kill you because I saw you with that guy. That, that's yeah. the way it was, you know? So if I could be seen as Casper, yeah. if I could be seen as that kid that was doing graffiti and, like, and I was hustling from the time I was really young, too. Like, yeah. I figured out that I could make money off of it, like, when I was really young. I used to do, like, uh, graffiti on people's, like, Converse All-Stars mm. with, like, fabric markers. I charge them, you know, like five bucks or whatever, yeah. and I would do like their name and bubble letters or some sure, crap. Yeah. I used to love painting Rolling Stones tongues on people. I got like, uh, those were some of my first commissions yeah. were like, oh, let me get one of them Stones tongues. You know, back then, like Tattoo You was out, yeah. you know, and like sure. albums like that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I always been, I always been into the Stones. But anyways, that's another story. But uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I, I think that that's another reason why I ended up being a teaching artist is because of the, uh, some of the intense situations that I got into as a, as a young person, um, you know, and as somebody who loves the city, like, and has lived here his entire life, yeah. and, uh, you know, always, like, wished that I could um, be a positive contributor to the city. Yeah. Like, I really truly believed, like, when we were out there doing these murals in the neighborhoods, you know, like, you're, like, you know, 17, 18 years old, we really felt like we were bringing something special, you know, like that we were like a, a, a fresh alternative to the bullshit that people were dealing with. And we yeah. really felt that in our bones. And, uh, and I think uh, because of those experiences, we, we, we attracted the attention of community activists mm-hmm. who uh, looked at us and were like, well, let, let's, let's give these guys some safe spaces, yeah. we'll give them some canvas, we'll give them some spray paint, yeah. and we'll beg them to stop tagging. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll give them, we'll go to Casa Aslan here in Pilsen. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, that place, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, uh, before they turned into, I think, their luxury apartments or something like I that. I don't even know what the hell that is now. There was a big uh, to-do about the mural uh, got gone mm-hmm. over and then they did it again. There was another place uh, called Inkworks, um, which that? is before your time. It was on like, uh, I want to say like 19th and um, uh, like like a few blocks uh, west of Halsted. So it was closer to the eastern, uh, <clears throat> closer to the eastern side of Pilsen. But um, these places uh, had uh, adults who facilitated uh, like kind of like uh, blocks of time yeah. and invited like graffiti writers from all over the city, not not yeah. just from Pilsen. Like there was there was kids coming from the west side. There was yeah. kids coming from the deep south side. There was kids coming from the north side. They were all converging on Pilsen. And the thing that was really beautiful about that is um, we got to meet kids from all over the city. And we got mm-hmm. to meet like-minded people. Yeah. And uh, I'm 52 years old now. So, you know, like just about anybody that I, that uh, if I say I've known that guy since I was 16, 17 years old, yeah. they're all graffiti writers. Right. Like I still like have like, uh, I'm not hanging out with them, you yeah. know, but uh, when I see them, I, I still love those guys, and I still uh, admire, uh, like, I don't know, man, we, all, we had a common story, you know? Where did, uh, where did Casper come from? Casper came from being the only white kid on my oh. block. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody call, call you Casper? I, I, got call, I, got- I got called all kinds of shit, man. <laughs> um, no, you know, like, uh, you know, so 
like, yeah, we were, uh, my, my family was, uh, was like one of the last families to move out of our neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, during a, a, a wave of white flight. Sure, yeah. So um, I want to say around 1980, uh, when I was about 10 years old, uh, I, noti I noticed it with my own eyes. I seen it with my own eyes. Um, we had a rough winter, if I remember right. And like we stayed inside the house, like we were inside for a pretty long time. And then like when, when it got warm outside and when it was spring mm -hmm. and I started playing with my friends yeah. again, you know, like yeah. the kids next door, you know, yeah. that I grew up with that ended up getting in trouble. Like we're all like, all the white people are gone. Like yeah. they're just all gone. And um, my mom, uh, you know, uh, my mom always tried to be like as progressive as she possibly could be. Um, and um, I'm really grateful for that because the like overwhelming majority of the white people that uh, I grew up around mm -hmm. from the time I was little, like they were just they were hardcore mm -hmm. racist, you sure, know? yeah, um, like not nice people at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my mom was not down with that at all. Yeah, and um, she tried to raise me better, basically. And when when the first black neighbor moved on our block. Um, my mom uh, took me, held my hand. I, I want to say I was about nine. It was yeah. like about a year before yeah. eighty, and uh, she's like, "I want you to come with me." She's like, "We're gonna go across the street. We're gonna we're gonna welcome them to the neighborhood." Yeah. And you know, we went over, and my mom rang the doorbell, yeah. and uh, um, my, hi, my name's Phyllis. I live across the street. I just want you to know if you ever need anything, that's where I live. And she pointed at the apartment. Yeah. She goes, I'm, "I'm right there." And one was like, thank you, thank you so much, you know. And, you know, my mom, you know, she's trying to talk to me about racism. I'm like mm -hmm. nine years old, and she's yeah. like, and I knew already, because I heard the neighbors. My, my grandfather was still alive. My grandfather, yeah. you know, would talk to guys across the street, and I would be with my grandfather, and I would hear them talking mm -hmm. about shit. And uh, my grandfather was racist as fuck, too, but sure. uh, my, my, my grandfather was uh, one of those racists who... Uh, when he passed away, uh, when my grandfather died when I was 14 in mm -hmm. 1984, if you drove by the funeral home, mm -hmm. okay, uh, and you saw the crowd that yes. was outside the funeral home, um, you would think that like a leader of the Latin Kings had just gotten shot. <laughs> um, because uh, my grandfather talked a lot of shit, but you know what? He loved everybody. He yeah. loved, he just did. He just, yeah. he just loved people. He was one of those kinds yeah. of people. But he was old school. He's from St. Louis, yeah. from the South. Yeah. He lived in Chicago. Um, but the, the one thing I think that made him different is he had progressive relatives. Mm. Like, not, not him necessarily, yeah. but he had, there were people in our family, on his side of the family, that, that knew better and, yeah. uh, and, and had done some pretty cool things with their lives. Um, what line of work was he in? <laughs> he was, uh, he used to work at Spiegel. I don't know if you ever heard of Spiegel. It used to be a big store. Spie yeah, I've I'm 35th. Zao Brothers. Is it Zoe Brothers or Zao Brothers? Z I, I, Joe, Zoe, Joe. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that building on yeah. 35th and uh, Morgan, oh, right yeah. there. That yeah. was that was Spiegel's okay. back in the yeah. day, and he was like a he was like a mid-level executive there. But he uh, okay. 
he uh, he was Spiegel's he, a de department store. It was a department yeah. store. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, it was yeah. it was like one of the most important stores in the country. Yeah. At one point, yeah, because uh, they, they had a big catalog business, mm. and so they were kind of yeah. like competing with Sears. Like Sears, yeah. You know, and um, which was yeah, also based here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was but also the like a black side is now like that. What's that, that now? That creepy. The police. The black. The the CPD black side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where the real Sears Tower is, the original. Yeah, Sears yeah, the, the, I've right been across, in that tower right before. Across the, street. the Art Institute runs that tower. Oh, they do now. Yeah, okay. not the not the uh, police spot. Yeah, that's still run by fascists. Yeah. That's run by fascists. Yeah. <laughs> so Where people go to disappear. Pretty it's much right across yeah. the street from that Sears Tower. Yeah. If you want to talk about Almost fascism, we can talk about that too. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, but my, whatever comes up. Yeah. Like I was saying at the beginning, this is this is exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, my, you you had left at what my grandfather had done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the See, reason we, yeah. why I wanted to come back to that is because yeah. you know he he is like the most pivotal person in my life when it comes to my decision to becoming an artist. Mm. Um, he was like he babysat me a lot from the time I was little, and he babysat me with a sketchbook and a pencil. Mm. You know. So uh, when, from the time I was really little, I used to sit at the kitchen table while he, he my, my grandmother was bedridden, mm -hmm. so he did everything. Uh, um, so, you know, he'd be doing the dishes, yeah. he's cooking, and, and I would be sitting in the kitchen with him drawing, yeah. you know? And he always used to encourage me, man. Like, That's cool. like yeah. I, I'm telling you, the guy never got bored of like telling me like how talented I was and like how I could make it, and, you know, and uh, he always used to brag, I, I got a good story for you, man. He used to yeah. brag about his cousin. Yeah. That his cousin was a big shot musician mm. who, uh, you, know, you know, just like art, you know, they tell you that it's really hard to make a living being an artist. Yeah. He's like, it's even harder to be a musician. Uh -huh. He's like, and my cousin Johnny made it. He's like, he's, he's big shit. Like, he used to tell me, he's like, yeah. he doesn't even live here, he lives in New York, you know. He used yeah. to brag about him all the time. And then, you know, when the internet yeah. comes along, I'm like, all right, who is this guy, Johnny Mahigan? And I looked him up, and I'm like, holy fucking shit, man! This guy like played with Charles Mingus. And, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's you. I just I just ordered a bunch of uh, jazz piano books that he wrote back in like like oh, 1953, cool. and I'm sweet. Yeah, and I've been I've come back to. Uh, that's my my mom made me take piano lessons mm. when I was. I know you played violin, right? Eight miserable years. Yeah, <laughs> you don't regret the music education though, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was the wrong instrument. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but what about all the things that you learned, though? I don't remember any of it. <laughs> it's it's all it's all gone. I fought it the whole time, you know. Oh, did you? Cause, cause did you want to play something else? I, would you have been happier if they would have said, "Hey, you know, we know you hate the violin. What do you want to play?" Yeah, but you got to play something. Yeah. What would uh, you have played? Uh, you know, probably guitar. You know, I, I try. I try to switch to piano, but it was like it was too late at that point. I was so like angry about being made to do it. Yeah, it was just. A, yeah. It was basically a battle of wills between me and my mom. You know. Yeah, man. Because it was something that that it was her dream, and like her her mom didn't make her do it, so she was gonna make sure her kids were like uh, follow through kind of thing. Yeah, and I yeah. begged to quit every year. It was like I, I still don't listen to orchestral music. Yeah, because of that fucking instrument, yeah, traumatizes like, you. Yeah, I don't like. It took me years and years to even accept that, like in like jazz or like folk or, you know, like country music, fiddle. You yeah. know, like it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's a 
It's a neurotic, unforgiving instrument. And oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's not, I don't like the sound of it. I don't love it. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, yeah. that's pretty deep rooted. You know, I, I can. But, but, mu- but music, I, I, you know, I listen to music every day. I'll, I look no, to music every day. No, you love it's very, music. very important. But, yeah, not. <laughs> no, it's, man, it's got, as they say, it's complicated. <laughs> Me and music. <laughs> well, I love what you do with your. Uh, I love what you do with your drawings and your and when the way you you write about the musicians that you Thank admire. You. No, um, I, I draw people playing music all the time. I just did it a couple of days ago. I was at a show. Was yeah, there yeah. With my sketchbook. Yeah, man. Natalia Hall, just up, up the street from here. Who are you seeing this time? Uh, Daniel Villarreal. Do you know him? No. He's a drunk. I don't know like 80% of the music. He's been around, he's around here a lot. He's Panamanian. He's from Panama, I think. Okay. He's in a bunch of different bands. Okay. It's kind of like a mix of like, you know, kind of Panamanian and psychedelic rock and like all this different stuff all mixed together. It's really cool. There's cool so many stuff. great musicians, man. And like the one he's thing. He's around Pilsen too. Like, okay. It's very distinctive. He wears this big hat. Like right. he, you wouldn't mistake the guy. Like right. he's, he's got a like a branded look. <laughs> I'll try to be on the lookout. Yeah, he just put a, a record out under his own name. It's the first one under his own name. So, yeah. well, I I, I kind of notice. I like I I love learning about new music, but yeah. um, I do not know more about music than any of my friends do. Yeah, like I I always feel like <laughs> for some reason I bring people into my life like like yourself who. Mm-hmm really love music yeah. and really really support musicians and yeah and, and are out there like in the audience yeah. you know supporting all yeah. these shows and um mine is more my knowledge is more limited i yeah. don't get as much time to go out and do that stuff well now. yeah you can you can't do everything you know like you can yeah. no these things don't <laughs> you make, pick and choose these things don't make themselves either i've been in here like <laughs> like pretty much like non-stop you don't have the elves outsourcing it doing it for you <laughs> i hope i will soon oh yeah yeah you can have some elves so remember when uh when i asked you uh like what your time frame was for this interview i was like well if you wait a couple of weeks i might have better things to talk about yeah so uh i, I got a, a a commission from d case oh, that cool. uh when you asked me about this i was waiting for the answer uh, yeah. and i was it was it, <clears throat> the people at d case uh-huh uh, they did a great job of supporting me through this because yeah. I could have, I could have, I could have messed this up. Yeah, I could have totally messed this up because they had us uh, doing like community panels, mm. okay, and yeah. um, and like the alder alderman alderwoman, yeah, Sylvan Tabaras was was in there and. Uh, where where is this commission? It's on 59th and Central Park, oh. so it's by Midway. Oh, it's cool. in my neighborhood. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, um, I was up against four other artists, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you know, I had like a twenty-five percent like chance of. Oh, okay. What they did is they they asked for letters of intent, and then they selected uh, they selected artists with a community panel. I think I want to say there was between twenty-two and, and there twenty-five. Was a bare people. knuckle boxing between. The last four. No, no, no. <laughs> now, now, listen. If DK, if DK didn't put me in check, it might have been like that. But it turned into more tap dancing. Yeah, okay. okay. So it went from that to tap dancing. Dancing and with the stars. So we had like a, a, you know, like the first meeting was Zoom, you know. Uh-huh. And what what they had us do is we each had a half hour. So like there was like I said, four mm-hmm. four different artists. Yeah. 
and we did not get to see the other artists present. Yeah. So they would call us like into the into the Zoom room just for our half hour presentation. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to show them our work for 15 minutes and take questions and answers mm -hmm. for 15 minutes. Yeah. And I'll I'll never forget like the very first community meeting. I I was rushing. I was like, okay, I did this. I did that. Yeah. Check this out. And here's the, you know I'm kind of like and you know, here's the kids I teach and, and but you know I'm I'm trying to go as fast as possible. Yeah. You know. So you're showing them like a slideshow or showing something? them a slideshow. Yeah. It's like yeah. a PowerPoint. Yeah. And uh, you know I finished the PowerPoint and uh, I I finished it with a couple of like dummies. Uh, it's on a viaduct, right? So the this mural is going to be on a on a viaduct. And uh, I showed a couple of dummies of like what it might look like to have yeah. a Jan Koyak painting yeah. on yeah. your viaduct. You yeah. know, to, like not this is not the final design. Yeah. Just want to give you an idea. And then I showed it and. Um, what do I have to do to put you you in a Jankowiak? You will not be undersold <laughs> here this, at Jankowiak. This guy goes. Painters and sons. <laughs> Dude, this 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 guy goes. You know what? That's a really nice presentation you did there. But what are you gonna do for the community? You know, kind of like after I like, I was kind of like. I'm gonna do this, you know. It yeah. was very frustrating, yeah. and, and then I started getting paranoid because the the, the guy that said that uh -huh. uh, kind of triggered me because uh -huh. he sounded an awful lot like uh, like your average Trump supporter. Oh yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> like you know, I listen. Uh, what are you gonna do to make this neighborhood great again? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's exactly like what I was thinking. I was like, he, what did he, I get he, myself into? He wanted to you to build that wall. Yeah, dude, even my in wife. The in the community. <laughs> my, my wife heard the whole thing. Fuck you know? this viaduct, we want a wall. <laughs> uh, oh shit. We'll get, we'll get Steve Bannon on it right away. Uh, he'll busy. be our fundraiser. He's, he's busy testifying in Congress right now. Fucking snake. I think today, or, or yesterday. Basically. He's a fucking snake. Yeah. Anyways, we can talk about that guy in a minute too. But anyways, yeah. I, I was freaking out a little bit. And even my wife was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, yeah. Like you don't want to, you don't want to have to deal what, with people. That was like just this. somebody. For, who was this? Was he? No, he was, he was just kind of like an anonymous guy. And I could be totally wrong, man. Yeah. Maybe he's not, you know, who I thought. But I, I just got that kind of energy through the. I don't maybe know. Maybe he just had lousy bedside manner. Maybe he just didn't know how to talk. Well, I, I, I addressed it with, uh, you know, I. It did like after it was finished, I was kind of like, wow, man, like, are they gonna expect me, like? Like, is this going to be a situation where, like, people are going to be telling me what I'm going to paint? I'm like, because yeah. I was kind of like, well, you know, I thought you guys chose me because, first, I'm from the neighborhood. I know the neighborhood like the back of my hand. Yeah. And secondly, like, I can actually, I, I could do a mural that doesn't look like any other murals in yeah. this city. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, that's, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other artists that were in it, they're all, like, really talented. But yeah. they're, they're probably better known for their murals than I am. Yeah. You know, like I was probably the one that had the least amount of mural experience. You yeah. know, if you take away my my yes. graffiti, sure, yeah. So, uh, what we're gonna do is uh, there. There's a. I came up with this concept that you know the viaduct is a portal. You go in it, you come out of it. Yeah. It's not a place where people congregate. Yeah. Nobody's gonna be like, hey, go meet me by the mural by the viaduct. Yeah. Like that's never gonna happen. Yeah. You know, it's a residential neighborhood. Yeah. You drive through there or you walk through. It takes 15 seconds to walk through. It takes three seconds to drive through. That I'm sure I've been by there, but so, 59th and Central Park, you said? Yeah. Yep. I think it's better. I, I'll do my best to make a, I'll do my best to make a, a, a good visual description of this too. 
So the viaduct it shows has these, up real uh, good on, in a podcast. <laughs> it, it has these. It has like an archway. It has like archways underneath the viaduct. So you drive this through. It's like a typical like. No, yeah. there's there's like these archways, and so I came up with this idea of taking these archways. Uh-huh. As you're driving through, there's like uh, half a dozen archways. Oh, nice! And so uh, the birds are gonna follow you with. Yeah. So oh, basically, nice. it's the so it's the it's the concept of a zoetrope. Oh, okay. Um, and um, the the birds are uh, they're peregrine falcons and cooper's hawks, mm. and those are both uh, species that are are all over the place in my neighborhood. It's it's an everyday occurrence to see falcons and hawks where I live. There's falcons on top of this building too. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you realize it or not. The the field we're in Monic Contemporary, in case anybody's wondering. But <laughs> on the roof of this building, there there's a family of peregrine falcons, mm. and they're actually tagged and banded by mm. the field museum. And there's uh, a there's a little video camera in their nest where they can observe them 24 hours a day so they're Whoa. they're they're probably the most famous falcons in the city Whoa. and it's pretty cool man sometimes they'll roll up here you know what they sound like they, they sound like a, like when you're watching like a jungle movie mm-hmm. and you hear monkeys screaming yeah. that's, that's what they sound like they sound like monkeys screaming like mm-hmm. i i'm like uh, and they screech huh. and it's awesome and a few times i'm up here working and uh look out the window and i've i've seen them attack birds everyone oh, yeah. yeah i've been lucky to actually see them like attack nice. a couple times better for six years i've yeah. only seen it like twice but uh um, anyways i i just i thought that they'd be a great uh, uh to go back to what we were talking about with bob thompson yeah. uh using the silhouettes but yeah. you you know but also using the silhouettes because it's kind of necessary to use a silhouette to get the effect of a, of a zoetrope mm. um, and it's a nice contrast because the uh the uh, the original concept that I had dealt with the idea of going in and out of this viaduct. Uh, like, I didn't want to like try to come up with like some sort of like. I mean, you could put anything on a viaduct and call it a mural, you know. Yeah, sure. But uh, uh, I wanted to do something that actually uh, messed with this idea of entering and mm. and, and, and leaving yeah. a place, yeah. like uh, propelling you. Yeah. from one side to the other so i use uh you know I, I use a lot of rhythmic stripes in my in my work yeah. so the so there's there's this feeling of propulsion i think uh, yeah. with the background and then uh trying to line it up with uh you know that that you know what the community might appreciate right uh, the i didn't think anybody else would come up with that subject matter mm-hmm. and i was right about that yeah. I, I found out after the fact you know uh that uh people really love the idea and yeah. so uh we're supposed to start that in a, it's probably going to commence in about a month, a month and a half. Yeah, it's you know, it's I was just accepted, so yeah. that's that's why. Uh, well, congratulations. That's thanks, man. No, know, no, I'm super excited cool. about it, and I'm I'm going to get to hire. Oh, uh, so you're going to have helpers. Yeah, man, sense. I'm going to get to hire uh, 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 some professional artists that are going to help me with the uh, the high parts and scaffolding and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and then I'll be able to hire my uh, my teenagers to help me mix all the colors and oh, cut nice. out the stencils. Yeah. And um, you know, I put in the propo- in, <clears throat> excuse me in the proposal. You know, pay them like twenty one bucks an hour. You wow, know, like which great. is like a good rate. Yeah. You know, for yeah. for kids. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, and I hope I'm not jinxing anything by talking about it early. But uh, yeah, because I'm I'm very fatalistic, man. I always feel like <laughs> like like shit's always gonna. But well, I'm super happy about this. Well, this won't air until. You may, you may even be. You might have to edit it out if everything gets well, fucked up. No, this this will be a record of a conversation <laughs> on this day. You know, true, true. Shit changes all the time. Nobody nobody knows what'll happen. Yeah. But, uh, 
No, but I'm super excited about it. And yeah. that, that's that's why it was. Yeah, that doesn't change. Weird. You're excited about it today, and that's enough. That's already a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> and um, hopefully it all works out, you know. I still have to contact the. Uh, she doesn't know it yet, but uh, I think her, her name is Henan. Uh, she's an ornithologist at the Field Museum. Mm. She doesn't realize that uh, that her and I are going to be going going to be visiting some schools together. Mm. I haven't asked her yet, uh. but but I put her in the proposal. <laughs> Because, <laughs> well, she comes here, and I'm kind of like, hmm, um, if I bribe her, you know, if I, if I pay her enough, man, I think I can get her out, yeah. you know? So, she has budget put on the side for her, so I can... Oh, to talk about the birds? Yeah, man. Yeah. I thought it would be yeah. really cool, yeah. man, to have, like, a real ornithologist and, like, you know, I have, I have connections with the schools where, you know, like, we can go and do, like, an assembly, go talk Because, you know, that that's... That's what they really were looking for when they were they were looking for an artist that was not just gonna knock out the mural, but um, um, do some community engagement. You know. Do you ever see that that documentary painters painting? It's really good. It's, yeah, it's mostly I, Abex people, but yeah. No, what what made me think of it is that's that's the one where Barnett Newman says art history to me is what ornithology must be like for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> what a pompous ass that guy was. But yeah, that's still much a better talker mind. and writer than he was a painter. But like, who, who was the artist that was in that movie who uh, <laughs> who uh, just did these like big, gigantic? Like he just rolled the canvas out on the floor and did these massive pieces, and then he just kind of like cut them, like wherever he thought like uh, a good picture would come out of it. Ooh, you know what I'm talking it's about. It's been right? a while. I mean, uh, it's been a while too. Like well, honestly, there's, there's a lot of big heavy hitters in that one. I mean, like you know. De Kooning was in that, like mm -hmm. maybe Larry Poons. I don't know. Like, I think it was Larry Poons. Well, Larry Poons had different different times, but he had yeah. those op periods where he'd do these lozenges that would vibrate. You know, little like, tiny dots, like, like dot, dots on fields of color. Kind of, yeah, field. Yeah. Yeah, man. Kind of like flattened, kind of like they look like pills or something. Like yeah. That he would do. But that, that movie painter's painting, it's all white dudes. Pretty much. There's, there's a, no women in it, is it? There's a couple. Yeah. Is it? Helen Frankenthaler. Oh, she's in. I don't remember if uh, if what's her maybe Elaine de Kooning maybe uh, what's her name uh, Jesus Christ totally flew out of my head. Don't worry about it. Jackson Pollock's wife who's a better oh, Lee painter, Krasner who's a better painter. Is Krasner in there? Could be. Okay. Should be. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen. I've got it, it on videotape. Oh, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, right, I, right I next to Wild Style. Right <laughs> next to Wild Style. In the same collection. <laughs> I have a little. I have a little collection of, uh, of art videos VHS, that I use, like for my students. I've been yeah. teaching for like 22 years, man. Right. So, like, you know, I probably got that video 20 years ago. But uh, so when? So when did it? When did you? We're jumping around, but who cares? Yeah, it's okay. uh, when, when did you transition from like the what you think of uh, you know was the graffiti to like painting like? Yeah. on canvases or like painting painting like well, was there an actual change or was it just a gradual like no, phase out know, of one and phase in of the other you know there was a um, there was definitely kind of like a period of time um, I always wanted to be an artist mm -hmm. first off yeah. let's I, I want to be we were talking about your grandfather about and the sketchbook and stuff yeah no I've, I've like I, I can legitimately say that I've wanted to be an artist like since I was a baby. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I don't remember ever not drawing. I 
mean, like, yeah. you know, my whole life. Yeah, yeah and I, I got a lot of friends that share that same story. And, yeah. and, and I always find it interesting when I meet artists that say, I don't know, I was like maybe 13 or 14. Like, yeah. like when they have a different story, I'm kind of like, I look at them like they have like an eye in the middle of their forehead. 13 or, or 14, I was way the fuck deep <laughs> in, into it by then. Yeah. Like, I would say like, yeah, like eight or nine or ten, like, I was already, like, kind of decided. Did you have a, did you have a, uh, uh, did you have another love that, that was real close to art, that if you didn't become an artist, that you might have gone down another path? Well, I mean, like, we were talking about music earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance if, if I would gotten the right instrument, I could have gotten into that, Yeah. You know? But, like, I the wrong, wrong instrument was chosen, so I went another way. Listen, buddy. Uh, and then I got into writing later, but like it turns out, turns out that like I, I wrote an autobiography in third grade, you know the way you do for school, yeah, like, yeah. and my, you know, you have to write a chapter about the future, and it said artist and writer. That's fucked up. I didn't. I, I didn't that I, one I, and the same though. You know. No, but I, I totally no artist is no surprise. Writer is a total surprise. It was a surprise to me when I came across that like years later. Well, you're a good writer, man. Thank you. But I mean, like, you're, you're a writer. I mean, that you, shit, you, that you shit, turned like, out to be I've a I've never taken a writing class. Yeah. Like, never. It's because I drove a cab. That's why writing happened. I had this fucked up job. Dialogue. That made me, like, people would just, like, unload their life stories. And I couldn't just sit and draw them. Yeah. So I had to start writing shit down. That's, that's where the writing Well, you didn't from. have to start doing shit. Well, if you're doing something. Something compelled you. If you're doing a job 60 to 80 hours a week, like yeah. you have to do something. <laughs> so all these guys are writing stories. That's what I'm saying. Bad, I, no, no, I have a, I have a whole fucking shelf of it. It's so yeah. bad. Most of it's so. No, bad. no, I'm talking about other drivers. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you are. I have I have, I have a whole collection of cabbie books. Oh no shit. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know that that I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah, yeah, they're all really bad. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> That's my my little ego boost. You know, like I I can't I, I think I can say with some confidence that. Like, my cat book is one of the better cat books. I gotta see it. I haven't seen your cat book, man. Yeah, oh, you haven't seen the cat books? No, the cat book. I think it's a cat. Cat. Hack. Hack, yeah. 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 I got hack. I read hack. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I would say that's one of the better cat books. I think so. <laughs> I can at least say that with some confidence. But Yeah, yeah, so yeah you, you t- that, that happened during lockdown, right? No. No? Because before, it happened before lockdown. It was before? And that's what I was going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I really fucked my arm up. <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I had to go to the doctor and everything. Um, doctor just looked at my forearm. Like, didn't touch it, nothing. He just looked at it. Were you it. doing like a fucking Pete Townsend? What were you doing? Well, so, you know, I, I, I played piano when I was a kid. Uh-huh. You know, and there's, there's, there's uh, fortissimo. You know what I mean? Like, when you play hard, you know, you, you go in. And, and, you know, if you're trying to rock on the guitar, like you don't realize that like, there's only so much you could squeeze the neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's only so far you could yeah. bend a string. Yeah. And uh, like, just because you're you're doing it like with a a, a death grip doesn't yeah. mean it's gonna sound any different than if you did it softly. And so like like that's, I, that's I was true in a lot of other areas. Like yeah, squeezing just, harder will not make you feel better. Right. <laughs> true. So, sometimes a softer touch is is just what's needed. <laughs> And I've been, I've been, yeah, and I've been working on it. I've been working on that softer touch. But I was going to tell you, man. You fucked up like a tendon or something, or like yeah, yeah, like that. Like I had completely like shut it down. Like I had to stop playing for like three months. 
Like completely stop. Like don't even think about picking it so, up. Yeah. So you you were like a, like a, like a middle aged guy that became like a marathon runner suddenly. I have a friend yeah. that did this. Yeah. He he started running at like forty five or something. Oh, and wow. he, not, he can't do it anymore. Uh, he's our age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's fifty. He fucked he fucked up his leg. He yeah. fucked himself up so hard because he's like running marathons. Right. Or half marathons. That's why it's good to have young people. Well, start yeah, playing uh, yeah, yeah, instruments yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it's a physical thing. <laughs> but a student actually inspired me to, to get the guitar. I always wanted to play guitar. I had a, I had a guitar when I was in, uh, like in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And um, I was taking piano lessons. And um, I, I, I got a chance to buy an amp and electric guitar from like yeah. a garage sale yeah. in the neighborhood. Sure. You know, for. Uh, I think I paid sixty bucks, like wow. for both. I like, begged my parents for it. Yeah, it was, it was oh, like, like a, yeah. it was like a crate amplifier. It was a cheap ass electric yeah. guitar. But when you're in eighth grade yeah. and it's like, ma, please, you know, yeah. here, you know, and they, they let me get it. But it was like uh, it was just it was too much. It was uh, it was too overwhelming to learn yeah. the fretboard. You know, yeah. I was so used to you know the keyboard. You know, mm -hmm. this, this linear set of notes and octaves. You know that yeah. you could see like, and I couldn't see any of that on the guitar. So I, I learned a few things by ear, yeah. and then it just kind of kicked around uh, up until I, I was a, a freshman in college, and I, I went to Columbia, mm -hmm. and uh, I met the stoner guy. And yeah. you know, when you're in college, man, like like I needed money, you know, for yeah. the, to party and shit. Yeah. You know, like I didn't have any money, and uh, this dude was a musician. He was a like a metal guy, and I'm like, hey, man, I got a I got an amp and a guitar. I'm trying to sell, yeah. and like. I didn't know how to be a businessman back then, you know? And he's like, how much, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, 60 bucks. I was thinking like, if yeah. I could just get back to you, yeah. like, yeah. like I spent on it. Um, but uh, he's, like, I'll he's like, I'll take the amp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he ended up taking both, cause yeah. you know, yeah. I, I had already made the deal yeah. with him. And he's like, well, I'll take the guitar. He's like, but I really like this amp. And I'm like, all right. It was a crate, which I guess were pretty good yeah. at that moment. But um, yeah, man. Uh, uh, one of my students, man, one of my high school students came into class with a guitar one day and I was like, oh, I didn't know you played the guitar. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, can you play something? Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And he, he takes, the, it's an acoustic, mm -hmm. and he takes it out and he, he plays the Rain Song by Led Zeppelin. Oh. Like, like plays it like perfectly, you know, like really beautifully. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, wow, man, that is fantastic. I'm like... <laughs> How long have you been playing, you know? And I thought he said, you know, I thought he was going to say, like, I don't know, since I was eight, you know? Yeah. He's like, I don't know, I started, like, maybe a year and a half ago. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, you got that good in a year and a half? Yeah. And the kid's like, yeah. He's like, why? You want to play too? And I'm like, I do kind of. And he's like, do it. He's like, you could be yeah. this good. And, yeah. like, so, you know, like, I'm usually the one, you know, like, I'm the teacher. Sure. I'm the one encouraging them. And telling them that they could do this and they could do that. And this time it was total reverse. Like this kid, like That's totally cool. like what he said to me, it was like a bolt of fucking lightning. I swear to God it was. And I remember uh, driving past the guitar center and they had like clearance sale, like yeah. stick, you know, posters up all over. And I went in and I walked out with that, that Epiphone, man. I paid $133 for it. And um, I played it every single day, nonstop. I practiced every single day. Um, and then when the shutdown came, mm -hmm. Um, I was like, holy shit, man. It's like a blessing. Like, yeah. I'm really going to learn, you know? Yeah. And I did. I, practi I practiced yeah. my ass off. But then I, I heard myself. I, yeah. I fucking you hurt myself. It. I yeah. way overdid it. Mm. But, yeah, I took some lessons with That's uh, cool. a jazz musician named Aaron Shapiro. 
who plays he plays like at uh, Elastic once in a while. Right. Uh, yeah, we um, talked about him before. I don't know him, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's a young guy. Yeah. Um, very talented man. Extremely talented. Yeah. He plays with the Eternals. Oh, okay. So uh, you might you might have heard him play with them before, but um, yeah. And uh, uh, Dan Bitney from uh, Tortoise gave me a couple lessons when I first started off, man. Ooh. He was awesome. He yeah. was like. He was my first guitar teacher, and he really made it feel like I, I could do this, you know. And um, I have, I still have a credit with. Uh, do you know uh, Bill McKay? Do you know? I know the name. He's a guitar player. Yeah. Uh, he plays with a lot of people. He's got albums on Drag City and stuff. But I, I traded him a drawing, like Jesus, like 15 years ago for guitar lessons. And oh I, wow! But and I quit. And so I've, I've still got some, he, he says I've still got some coming. Oh man. But yeah, I've, I've bought guitars three times in my life. Yeah. And I keep buying them and like getting rid of them because I'm not doing anything with it. Yeah. And I, just, I just bought another one last year. Yeah. Because I went to see that fucking Velvet Underground documentary and I got oh. all excited about it. What'd you think about it? I love that movie. Yeah. I thought I, it was I pretty love, good. I love what he does. It was so in depth, man. It was what it was so like. I mean, it was well, it was so it was, very, it was so it was dense, focused man. on the art art side of it, kind of in like yeah. he really didn't care about after you know like the later Velvet Underground after John Cale left, he just didn't give a shit about that. And there's a lot of good stuff that came from that, but they definitely had enough material. Yeah, but he was he was very focused on the kind of the Warhol years and stuff. But I got really excited again, <laughs> like just like because. They were just guys that like that were just making noise with, with like yeah. that part of it. Like there was something clicked in my head where like okay, I don't have to master this thing. I can get an electric guitar and make it make noises. You know, like yeah. if I can do. And Dow's been sitting for months and I haven't fucking touched it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just. I will. I think I will like one day because I spent. I actually spent a good amount of money on purpose. Yeah. Because I didn't want like I wanted something. That I was gonna wanna fool around with. Yeah, and I think I will. Yeah. Uh, this. What thing. is it? It's a it, it's a Gretsch. Yeah, man. Like with like with like a whammy bar and stuff. Like with, nice, like man. it can make it can make noise. Like you don't have to play chords on it; it'll make cool yeah. noises. You know. Let me show you something. It's yeah. kind of like one of those semi hollow body kind of deals. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the part of the podcast where I'm gonna open a guitar case. That's nice. This is one of those. What do they call those on YouTube? The like unboxing yeah. video part of the of the show. You want to see a beautiful a beautiful form? Yeah. I'll show you a beautiful form. Oh, nice. Where'd that come? So from? that is uh, that that was created by uh, Dan Sullivan. Oh yeah. Uh, who uh, is he's Nad Navalis, I believe that's the way you pronounce he to, it. He used to he used to play in a band with some friends of mine like years ago. Yeah. He played in this band called Rabid Rabbit. Yeah, man. I remember them. Yeah, I do remember that band. I for them, but like he was in a later version of that band. Yeah, that yeah. The band went through a bunch of different versions, like weird, like... He played with Jason called. Molina. Did he really? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What was his band? Arriver? Or like something? He's still in Arriver. Oh, okay, does yeah. Arriver still exist? Okay. Arriver still exists. Oh, so he, made, he, he made that? So, I'm going to paint it. Nice. Yeah. So, oh, for, uh, sweet. Uh, I... I still have to. There's a lot of prep work that needs to go into it, yeah. and um, I'm Everybody thinking about listening. Should should go to their computers and look up Dan Sullivan and all the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know what? They they should they should look up Dan Sullivan and look him up on Bandcamp and buy all his records. Right. 
Um, but anyways, I'm thinking of these, the way the frets are going. I'm thinking about kind of like starting something, something along the lines of what I'm painting here. I'm not sure, man. I want to make sure it's perfect, but I want to have this done for, uh, uh, we're going to do, uh, I told you I'm doing a show at Compound Yellow, which yeah. is, which will already, it'll already be on when this podcast comes out. Yeah, it, it might be over. What, it's when's gonna, your show? In the fall? You know, the, the date at this point is still, uh, uh, it, it looks like September 13th. I think it's, okay. a, I think it's a Sunday opening. We're going to do like a Sunday opening, so we're Sweet. not like competing yeah. with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And Laura Schaefer, she runs Compound Yellow. She yeah. said that... Uh, the person after me might have canceled or something. Everything, <laughs> so, everything, especially these days after lockdown, everything is fluid and changeable all the time. All it really does feel like that, be, man. Like, and we all have to be open to shit just like changing because, well, it's true. Every other week, somebody you know gets sick again, so you got to cancel all the shit, all the plans you had, you know, and wait a week or two or whatever until they get better. You know? COVID is rampant right now. Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps cycling through. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, did you get your second booster? Oh yeah, I got it the first day it was available. I'm one of the only people I know that, as far as I know, has hasn't ever had it. Same. I may, you know what? Odds are, I probably had it and just had no symptoms. That's what I'm guessing. But like, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, and I don't, you know, like, I quit my last like public job eight eight months ago now. So I'm I'm mostly on my, you know, like. I go to bars and movies and stuff, but I don't work in a place right, with right. others regularly anymore. So, yeah. oh, most of my kids wear. I wear masks in front of my kids oh, yeah. when I'm teaching, yeah. and um, most of my kids still wear masks too. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty pretty cool, responsible bunch. But yeah, I've never I've never caught it either. But my father-in-law and my sister-in-law have it right now. Yeah, no, I I know a few people. Yeah, it's like every. Every few days, it seems like you hear about somebody else having it like a second or third time now. Like, yeah, like they're. I don't know how we've avoided it. Dude. I don't know how we've avoided it this I, this long. I, I bet we have. I bet we just had no, like. I think a lot of people are asymptomatic. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think man. it's it's at, it has to have cycled through everybody on yeah. Earth at this point at least once. You know. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not everybody yet. But. Yeah, I, I imagine it'll just be one of these things that, like, it's a virus that people get the way people get colds, the way people get, you know. Yeah. It'll just well, be I, another fucking thing. I, I got really, really sick before yeah. the shutdown. Mm. Like, really sick. Yeah. I, like, I had all the symptoms yeah. of COVID. Oh, and, so maybe uh, you had it. No, maybe. but... Uh, oh, you did? No, I was, well, really was, curi- no I was really curious about yeah. it. So I, uh, that summer... I donated blood to Red Cross because they said that they would tell you if you had the antibodies. Oh, they could track it. They could track it, oh, and, uh, and I came back negative, man. Mm. I never had it. Huh. So whatever I was sick with, yeah. it wasn't COVID. But no, last, yeah, last uh, fall I had an old-fashioned flu, and I kept taking the home tests Yeah. because I was still working at the bar. Right. You don't yeah. want to spread it to anybody? No, no, and I was, it was just a fucking just the old old flu, yeah, which man. nobody had for like a year and a half because everybody was stuck in their houses. Everybody yeah. stuck in their houses, washing their hands and yeah. covering their faces. Yeah, so, and, so like no flu yeah. for anybody, but suddenly I had a flu because I was back working in a bar, you know, yeah. that's all. It's like, it, was, it felt really strange. I'll never forget at the very beginning of the pandemic, man, um, seeing a post by a, by a nurse that worked at uh, Holy Cross Hospital 
across the street from Market Park. Mm. When this is when everything just shut down. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. maybe a week later. Yeah. I was donating my my respirators like with the big oh, old yeah. oh yeah like the kind of you know the kind yeah. of respirators you spray paint it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like I was donating them to Holy Cross Hospital because mm. they didn't have the PPE. Mm. And I remember like how terrifying that moment was, man. Yeah. When all these people like were uh, clogging up the hospitals, and yeah. they, that was when Pritzker put all the hospital beds in McCormick Place. Right. Um, yeah, they were building that. Who, building. by the way, I'm like a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm grateful for him being our governor. Um, a lot of people might say he overreacted. I'd rather have a governor overreact in that yeah. situation than underreact any yeah. day of the week. I think he genuinely cares about people. Yeah, can you imagine if we still had that jackass rounder? Like, oh my god! That? <laughs> he would have been like, uh, he would have been doing like TV ads, like in his uh, motorcycle jacket. Yeah. On his Harley. Yeah. Like, all you gotta do is be tough, and you can you'll beat COVID. Oh, fucking asshole. <laughs> no, I'm so grateful that he's not our governor. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think, man? You think uh, you think this country's gonna last? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think, man? I, 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 I think we're in the la last days of the American Empire. I think it's over. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know how, how soon, but it's like, this is like death throes here, I think. Yeah. I think, I think it's... And Use the word empire. What? Use the word empire, which I don't disagree with. But, uh, yeah. you know, the word that I use is experiment. Oh. Uh, well, and I mean, I think both of them yeah. are fitting. Like, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm I, sure you would agree. I don't know. I, like, I think it's going to be a long, long, painful slog to the to the end, and maybe it'll break up into different countries, or you know, be some kind of failed state after a while. I don't know. But what are we going to do, man? We don't have any guns. <laughs> it's all the it's what all the, the fucking. What the fuck is a gun going to do? It's all this. No, you know, you know what happens with people? it's it's all the shitheads that that hate us that have the the weapons though. You know what happens with you people with guns is they shoot themselves. That's what it that. Odds are, like the odds would go way up because yeah. you have one bad day and you have a fucking gun in your ass and you put it in your fucking mouth and you pull the trigger. That's oh, what happens with guns. Well, it's not that—that's a fact. But yeah. you know what else is a fact? Last I heard, there was like twenty million, yeah. like assault-style weapons no, in American no. households. It, it, it's and a, you know what? It, not a lot of those people vote Democrat. <laughs> that's what yeah, I'm trying to yeah, say. but your gun is not going to stop their gun. Like it just isn't, you know, like, yeah. unless you go on a killing spree and then you're going to be either dead or in jail or whatever, you know, like things will not end well for you. More guns. Is that where we're at, man? <laughs> I don't know where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy I'm closer to the end than the beginning. I'll say that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and, yeah, that's... But like, be, before I forget though, like we, we didn't finish about like how you, uh, how it moved from, from, uh, from graffiti oh, to yeah. painting, painting. I, I did want to get that. Like, was there like a moment, or was it just going to school or something? Or like, so let me uh, let me give you give you a pause. Maybe you could edit and like snip it in yeah. where where it was supposed to go before we got diverted. <laughs> this is exactly where it's supposed to go. But I do. I need to get my head kind of yeah. Like yeah. Back. No, take it. Take your time. So. Um, we did agree that both of us uh, knew from the time we were really young that we were going to be artists. So I, uh, you know, I did recognize from the time I was a teenager that there was uh, uh, this like um, interaction going on in New York 
um, between uh, you know mainstream contemporary artists and uh, graffiti artists. You know, the eighties mm -hmm. um, uh, was Helen Molesworth, I believe her name is the curator. I, I hope I'm not screwing this up. Did a really fucking great show at the MCA. I want to say about 10 years ago, about the 80s. Um, that really, really put it out there that that was a really special decade for, um, it was kind of like a, a, real, uh, a real wave of inclusion that was going on in the 80s that, uh, you know, in the mainstream art world, you know, like, and, and a lot of those artists were artists that uh, I looked up to. Like, I loved Keith Haring when I was 16 okay, years old, yeah. you know, like, uh, uh, I got to meet Keith Haring, you oh, know. You yeah, man, I have. When a, you came to Chicago, you I have an <clears throat> I have an autographed uh, pop up shop oh, envelope yeah. from Keith Haring. So to Casper, oh, nice. Keith Haring, it's framed up. It's in my basement, man. Um, he, yeah, he came here in Chicago in '89 to uh, do a mural with some high school kids. I was out of high school already. Yeah. I was like freshly out of high school, yeah. and uh, and I had some connections, you know, of other people working, yeah. and they had a big party at the Metro. Mm. to celebrate yeah. and it was an all-ages party yeah. and uh and i went mm. and uh, uh he was there and he was signing these things uh, anyways uh a friend of mine uh i don't want to do any, i don't want to name people on this podcast no right. you can but, say uh, but, but i don't want or, or don't the, name anybody but, uh, like <laughs> a pretty well-known artist uh that um we were hanging out when we were kids uh he got to meet keith herring as well and um he got into a conversation with Keith Haring, and, mm -hmm. and, and Keith Haring's like, well, if you ever want to come to New York and visit my studio, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're welcome anytime. Yeah. And so he calls me up, and he's like, hey, man. Yeah. He's like, fucking Keith Haring, man, gave me his phone number. Yeah. And he said, he said that if we ever wanted to go to New York, you know, that, you know, we could go visit his studio. Yeah. And I was like, no shit. And like, we're, you know, from the south side of Chicago, yeah. you know. Sure. Uh, never traveled without our parents ever. Yeah, and uh, we bought tickets and we went to New York, man. Uh, How old were you at that point? I was nineteen, you and 19. Uh, and my my buddy was eighteen, and uh, we we went there on our own. Yeah, and uh, uh, so I want to say that the invitation was in like May, mm -hmm. and then we got our airplane tickets and we were out there uh, by the end of July. Mm -hmm. So a, a couple yeah. months had passed, like two yeah. months, and we're like super excited, man. You know, like get to New York and um, we get to our hotel room and the very first thing you know he's like dude I'm gonna call the studio I'm gonna call him right now like yeah. I'm like that was like the main thing we were thinking about yeah and uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm putting my I'm never forget I'm putting my yeah. clothes away and shit and, and he's on the phone yeah and he's like hey you know Keith said that we could we could stop by the studio you know so-and-so from Chicago yeah and, and then uh, you know all of a sudden I, I saw his uh, I saw his expression change, uh -huh. you know, and then he starts saying, oh, my God, he goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Mm. Uh, I, I hope I hope he gets better. You know? Yeah. And then he hangs, hangs up and he looks at me and he goes, dude, he's dying. Right. And I was I, about to ask. He must have been like on his way out by the time you met him. Like he was. So that like project the, that he did yeah, that was in last, Chicago like was his did. last big project. Right. It was here in Chicago. Yeah, there's still parts of it, right? Or yeah, the, man. The, the, the Cultural Center just uh, celebrated it right, a couple of I, years, right before right, the pandemic, I, the September right, before yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they, they actually hired me to do a, kind of like a, 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 an interactive public mural mm -hmm. um, commemorating that, that exhibit yeah. uh, because of my connection to sure. um, 
um, to that moment. And uh, yeah, and we found out that he was he was really sick, man, yeah. and uh, he wasn't having visitors. Yeah. But uh, it all turned out all right though, um, because we still we, we got to meet like Henry Chalfant, who's the guy that created subway art and spray mm -hmm. can art. Uh, got to go to MoMA. Uh, got to meet a few of our idols back then. <clears throat> and so you're asking me about this transition. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I would say that that trip to New York was yeah. really transformative. Yeah. Uh, you know, being in New York City. In, in that time period. So that would be what, like in 89? It was 89, yeah. That's that's when I was, in the fall of 89 was when I was at Parsons. Oh wow, man. <laughs> yeah, because I went to Parsons for one semester and hated it and transferred. That's oh, how wow. I ended up in Chicago. Oh, I transferred okay. to the Art Institute because they let me in the middle of freshman year. That's awesome. I like New York, I just didn't like that school. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I, I fell in love with uh, yeah. New York. I really yeah. do love New York. It's my... Mm. Uh, I've been there like 13 times, and it's a, mm. and I can't say that about any other city. Mm. It's the only, you know. That's I, funny. Yeah. I go to New York for yeah. like uh, my wife and I went to New York for a day. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> the only way I go to New York yeah. now. I go yeah. there to see like an art show. Yep. Maybe see a friend or a concert, and then I leave. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have less and less interest in New York. Like lately, like. Lately. Because it's become such a bastion yeah. of like, it's just a billionaire's playground. And yeah. There's less and less of a place and yeah. everybody cool that like made their bones and made their career in New York is gone pretty much. That I, Sadly, like, uh, you're right, man. I, the, I agree. The people I think are like that made the cool art or like they're either dead or gone or like they've moved upstate. They're all in like the... Hudson River Valley or right. like in New Jersey or yeah. in these other, they're, uh, you know, rebuilding, restoring these old, like, former industrial towns into, like, new places, you know, yeah. places like Newburgh, you know, and, like, I guess, uh, was it Troy, New York, has become, like, a big center for, like, publishing and art and stuff. Okay. And yeah, Troy is up, like, I don't know, 90, 100 miles up, right. up the upriver from, from the city. Uh, all yeah. these people, like, these former, like, these people like you know like Jim Jarmusch like oh, okay. all these people like that live up that way you know like a lot of wealthy people then well you know <laughs> but New York I guess is is getting even uh, un unsustainable even for wealthy people I don't know I mean the real wealthy people though moved moved uh, ran away during pandemic because why would they stay there when all the they can't take advantage of any of the stuff that their their money affords them you know like so why would you stay there yeah. you know. Well, the last time I went to New York uh, was for my birthday mm. uh, in November of 2019. Mm. I went to go see uh, uh, Lee Quinones had an exhibit. Um, he's kind of like the godfather of graffiti art. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're, you're people who are listening to the podcast, if they don't know who Lee Quinones is, um, he was my idol. Yeah. You know, he was my idol growing up. Like he was my role model. Mm -hmm. He was like uh, he was like the guy I looked to, and I was like, yeah. I want to be just like that guy. Uh, yeah. And uh, you ask about the transition. So yeah. after that trip to New York, same guy who met Keith Haring mm -hmm. uh, called Barbara Gladstone Gallery in New York and pretended that he was a wealthy collector. Oh, nice! So that he could get in touch with Lee Quinones. Sweet. And. and uh, he was taking a big risk because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Lee could have gotten really pissed off. Yeah. But he actually really appreciated the hustle. And the next thing you know, 
uh, we're having a show in Chicago, and it's uh, two, it's us two from Chicago, and uh, and it's Futura 2000. Who uh, I don't know if you're familiar with. No, Futura, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Futura 2000 is a, a, a really uh, important figure. He was uh, the Clash uh, took Futura on tour mm. uh, with them. Okay. And he would do live painting while oh. while they were perform, and uh -huh. uh, and Futura was. Uh, creating abstract paintings mm. back then when everybody else was doing letters and yeah like he was making these really sophisticated yeah. you know um abstract paintings uh that were dealing with uh like the nuclear age you know mm. it was the 80s yeah you know um and even his name futura like he yeah. just he had this whole entire <laughs> vibe about him you yeah. know that uh that he was just on another wavelength you know so uh was yeah. he a, a Chicago or New York? No, no, no. He was New, New York. York. He was New York. Yeah, and he's okay. New York, New York. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah man. And so uh, you know, we, we had a chance to to show uh, with with like like I couldn't fucking believe it. You know, yeah. honestly, like I I I had to pinch myself. I was yeah. like, you know, you know, for if you're a graffiti yeah. writer, you really appreciate that. You know. So how soon after your New York visit was this show that you had? Like two years. Okay. I want to say. Where, and the show was here? It was here, it man. It was in Chicago. It was in Chicago. Yeah. Where, where was it? It was at, uh, there was two of them. There was uh, one uh, at Beret International. Okay, yeah. Um, which, uh, that was the probably the better of the two. Mm. And then the other one was at the, this other gallery. It was called the David Leonardis Gallery. Oh, yeah. I, which, uh, I've met that guy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to get. Is he in. still around? I have no idea. But I was really. I was. I mean, we we're yeah. really young. You know, like we we're just. We we're really young artists, and yeah. um, he put together a nice show for yeah. us. Uh, you know, and like some Chicago Cubs came to the show, and like you know, you're like yeah. 21 years old, yeah. and you're having an art show, and there's like baseball players coming to your show. Sure. It's like yeah. you know. It's yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Then you you think that your whole life's gonna be that way, you know, but uh, forever. But yeah. it, it won't. <laughs> no, <laughs> at all. And, and I just noticed uh, well, if that you stick, if you stick around, you, you'll you'll have your sh everybody has their share of humbling moments. Oh, <laughs> you know, well, there's still more. Get cut down to size, which it, is really important. It's really valuable. And there's a lot more around the way. Oh yeah, there yeah it's never ending. Um, Otherwise, you don't make anything. Like if you right. don't get nothing's cut worth down anything size. unless it's hard, man. Yeah. But so, uh, what were you about they, to say? They, uh, well, that's when I kind of recognized, you know, like like during that period of time, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, a lot of other people kind of emulated that. Like yeah. that was a new thing in Chicago. It was like there, there was never like you know, homegrown Chicago graffiti yeah. writers having shows with guys from New York. That that never happened. So, so were you work, for those shows? Were you working on canvas? Yeah. Or, oh, you were doing canvases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, really shitty. Um, were they airbrush or like what were you? They were doing? like a combination of like acrylic and uh, spray paint. I was copying uh, Ramel Z. I don't know if you know who he is. No, I really actually don't know very much about yeah. the graffiti scene. If you get anybody in the audience, I, like all yeah. the names I'm giving you guys, yeah. like uh, yeah. that, like they, these are these are well-known artists in other circles. Like you know, like one thing that I've learned over the mm -hmm. years is there's no art world. Yeah. There's art worlds. Yeah. There's there's several of them, and you know, like this. Yeah. That that's a whole separate entity, but sure. <clears throat> I started going to the MCA when I was, you know, yeah. relatively young yeah. on my own. When it was and, still uh, on Ontario. When it was still on Ontario. When it was, when it was cool. Yeah, man, and they had uh, <laughs> um, and they had Ramel Z catalogs oh, okay. on sale there, man. You know, yeah. like well, I was like, holy yeah. fucking shit. You know, like Ramel Z is also famous for 
creating one of the first rap records. Oh, okay. Okay, it's called Bebop, and it's, it's mm. it, Jean-Michel Basquiat did the cover oh, okay. for it. Right. I think he helped produce it. You know, he was in a yeah. group called Gray. Right, uh, so great, a punk right. band, you know. So right. he had he had a musical background, and yeah. and and if you watch the uh, if you watch the Basquiat movie, the one that Julian Schnabel made, yeah. there's a character that's always with Jean Michel, yeah. who's wearing like a do rag and like okay. the like the the, the yeah. band sunglasses. That's Ramel Z. Oh, that okay. was supposed to represent right. Ramel Z, and they were really good buddies. And yeah. Ramel Z was a genius man. Uh, he's one of my all-time favorite artists. He was like my one of my idols back then. So that's and, what you were trying to do. And I was just shows. I was just making really bad copies of yeah. Ram LZ paintings, basically, because Ram LZ made his made his work out of found objects. Oh, okay. You know, so you know, I was picking up trash and mm. like, putting shit together yeah. and spray painting it and right. You know, and I like uh, I'm really glad I went through that phase though. Uh, of course. You know, like that was completely necessary. I had to do uh, I had to do that. I mean, that that was that was when. So that's the answer to your question. Yeah. That's when I right. made the transition and kind of like, I didn't know shit about the art world. I didn't know yeah. anything, you know, yeah. except for the, the very limited knowledge that I had. I had a great uh, instructor when I was at, in college who had at a lot Columbia? of faith in me. Yep. Uh, Max King Cap. I've heard of um, him. I've heard of him. I don't, yeah, man. I don't he, was I my, uh, he was my drawing teacher oh, okay. at Columbia. And I was really young, man. I was like a, I was like a 17-year-old freshman because mm. uh, my birthday's late. Oh, okay. So like I had just turned like 18 in the second semester when I was there and I took his uh, figure drawing class and um, I loved him, man. He was rough. Yeah. Yeah, man. He was not a nice, uh, yeah. he was not a nice guy at all. I mean, like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that in a derogatory yeah, way. Yeah. He was all business. And like, I, I really respected that about him because uh, I, I learned from like, like day one. Yeah. Uh, well, f first off. I knew as an 18 year old that I couldn't draw as good as the teacher. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, I, I had that understanding and I think there's a, there's a lot of students that I don't, I don't know if they have that understanding. No. Um, and there were a couple of adult students yeah. who were in my class who were actually older than Max. Sure. So I'll never forget uh, one day. I had those when I was in school too. Like yeah. The people that went back to school or they're retired and they just had to think. Like yeah. a hobby kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and, and they, they didn't take him seriously, but he didn't yeah. put up with that shit yeah. at all. But anyways, he, he kind of took me under his wing, man. Yeah. And like, uh, we used to go out for drinks. I was like 18 years old. Like I said, nobody yeah. carded back then. No. So after true. class, like, he'd be like, come on, let's go downstairs. We went to the, uh, the restaurant down in the corner of Harrison and uh, Wabash. I forgot what it was called back then. It was a family-style yeah. restaurant back then. And they served right on the, the corner? Right on the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, back uh, of the school, yeah. In back of the school. And... Um, yeah, it was, a it was like a diner. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'd go down there, man, and yeah. have a couple beers, and he would just give me advice, man. He would yeah. just be like, hey, you know, you need to get a studio. You know, yeah. you, need to, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like, he was, he was really helpful, and uh, he's still my friend to this day. We still keep in touch oh, this very cool. day. Oh, that's cool. He's still around? Yeah, he actually wrote, like, a little, like, a blurb for me recently for a catalog that kind of got screwed up by the pandemic. The, uh, the, the catalog exists, but it exists on blurb. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so yeah, so it's print, it's print on demand. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I had um, um, actually uh, Krista Franklin, the poet. She also, uh, um, yeah. She, Krista's having a good moment right now. Hmm. Uh, she's gonna she's about to have a solo show at the DePaul Art Museum, which might be out by the time this thing comes out. Oh, but cool. I met her back in two thousand and four, hmm. and um, man, I'm just. I feel so blessed, man, to like, like the people who have, uh, I, I think if I had to be grateful mm -hmm. for, uh, 
for for doing this. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's the people that you meet along the way, man. Sure. You're yeah. never going to meet people like this, and I don't think in any other profession, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? And uh, that, that's what really makes any weirder special. fucking people. <laughs> that's true too. But you know, they they keep life interesting. Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. mind it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was the transition, man. Was uh, I started by making really bad copies of Ramel Z paintings, and then. Mm. Um, uh, I started noticing, you know, like after, like the next couple of years after that, there were a lot of people that were, that were trying to kind of like do the same thing and have these other graffiti shows. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, man, there's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of toxic masculinity, man, in the in the graffiti <laughs> world. And sure. uh, I was a new father at the time too. I was a oh. really really young dad. Yeah. Um, and really struggling and yeah. uh, really like feeling like I was going through uh, like through a meat grinder when it mm. came to like um, reckoning with uh, bad decisions that I made as, mm. a, as a young man yeah. um, you know like uh, you know I decided to get married really young yeah. um, I think a lot of it stemmed from you know uh, kind of like being traumatized man like throughout yeah. most of my childhood like thinking that I was going to die like any minute yeah. I wanted to like get married and have kids like way too young and um i was also you know like I, you know I, I was really into drugs man yeah you know um i never did like super hard stuff you know yeah. but uh i was a mess man you know mm-hmm. and um my my son really helped uh center me man you know mm-hmm. like he he really made me reevaluate yeah. my life like having yeah. him and then like really like okay this is where you're at now. Where do you yeah. want to be 10 years from now? Where do you want to be? Is that when you started teaching or was that? Um, I started teaching, no, I started teaching probably about nine or 10 years later. Oh, okay. I was really young, man. I started teaching when I was like 30. I mean, like I was like okay. right. barely 21 when my son was oh, born. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was really young. And were you still in school when he was born or? Yeah. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was yeah. and I quit. You quit school. Yeah. I quit school. I never got a degree. Yeah. I never went back to school. Yeah. And Max is one of the guys I talked to when I quit school. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't remember the name of the, uh, the recruiter from Columbia, but um, I had a meeting uh, with uh, one of the recruiters from Columbia when I was struggling with this idea of, like, should I stick it out? Should I stay mm-hmm. in school? Yeah. Should I, what do we, you know, and... Because uh, you needed to get a job. I needed to get a job. Yeah. I needed to get yeah. insurance. I needed, right. I needed to do a lot of shit. But... Yeah. Uh, I wish I could remember this guy's name because uh, I don't think people like him probably exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good for him, good for him. I mean, because he uh, and good for me. Yeah. He, uh, uh, you know, we had a phone meeting mm-hmm. set up yeah. to talk about my future. Yeah. And um, he said, you know, it really sounds like you've got your hands full, man. You know, yeah. it's really difficult to be a parent. Yeah. You've got a lot going on. He's like, I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, you don't have to have a degree to be a successful painter. Yeah. If, that, if that's what you want to do, you want right. to be a painter. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, you're probably better off taking whatever money you would spend on tuition mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, go travel, go, go to another country, um, yeah, buy art supplies, go to shows. I'll tell you, James, you know, you, you know what uh, my BFA qualified me for? A job as a cab driver. 
That, that's what I got for, with my BFA. <laughs> Dude, there, there's, a, there's a lot of great jobs you can get with, a, with, a, with an waited, MFA. I could have waited tables or I could have you know, bartended. Uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> Mac, Max was there for me too. You know? Mac, Max gave yeah. me really good advice when I was young. And then I had another teacher at the Art Institute. I went to the Art I, I was actually at the Art Institute when I dropped out of school. Oh, you transferred. To so I transferred. I started at Columbia and then I went to the Art Institute. What year were... Wait, what, what year were you at the Art Institute? Uh, 89-90. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was at Columbia first. Into 90, though? Like, yeah, and what I had done is I... I started at the Art Institute in the winter of 90. So we could have... We, we might have crossed paths. Yeah. I was taking a time arts class. Mm. Patricia Peltier. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you at all. Vaguely. She was my time arts teacher. And um, so... You know, I gotta tell you, man, I was only at the Art Institute for one year, uh -huh. and I fucking loved it so yeah. much, man. I loved it, man. Like, I am not like, a, you know, like one of those artists that's like proud of not having a degree. Like, I mm, fucking yeah. loved school, yeah. man. Like, I wish I got my degree back then, mm. but now it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but uh, Patricia, uh, you had to take a time arts class to fulfill your electives. Yeah, Remember, yes. you had to do it. 4D. Whether you like it was 2D, 3D, and 4D. 4D. Yep. Which was performance and video and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And 4D. You know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know, I'm like, like nobody knew what they were doing. So, in class. Uh, dude, I ended up loving it, man. I ended up like absolutely <laughs> fucking loving it, and. Um, like uh, I, I, I met a girl for a minute when mm. I was there, you know, like from, yeah. from Syracuse, you know, like that was like big deal, you know, for me, because sure. I never dated anybody that wasn't yeah. from the South side or something, yeah. you know. Um, no, just my, my life experiences were just fantastic. And uh, anyways, uh, my, my best moment, one of my best moments of my entire life, like best memories ever was our final presentation mm. for our 4D class. Yeah. And Patricia's rules yeah. were, it had to be at least three minutes long, mm. but it better not go over 11 minutes. <laughs> and if it is over 11 minutes, it better be worth it because just because you do a long performance yeah. doesn't mean yeah. that you're doing more work than anybody else. So what you know? was your thing? Dude, I went 22 fucking minutes. Okay. I went double. What, what was it? Man, dude, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I made it up on the spot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. I was, performance? I was, I had had a nightmare like a, like a week before, man. So remember I told you, you know, like, uh, there was a lot of traumatic shit that happened. Mm -hmm. And one thing that happened, uh, when I was, uh, when I was 16 years old, um, my, uh, my next door neighbor who, uh, I was very close to, uh, and, and the kids as well, I was close yeah. to the whole family, uh, got, she got murdered mm. by a friend of ours. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, man, it was, uh, uh, I had just moved. We had, we had just moved out of the neighborhood, and we had moved to Brighton Park, which was oh. not, not that far away from yeah. back of the yards. So and you, moved, you moved west. west from that's where all the white people yeah, that's where ended up moved. going. They all ended up going well, they, west. Yeah, a lot of or the suburbs. Were, so I was going to say, or the suburbs. moved a lot further than that. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, uh, I got home from school, and uh, my... my uh, the phone ring and it was my uncle Phil, mm. uh, who also knew this family really yeah. good. Cause my, my grandparents used to live downstairs from me, so my uncle and my aunt used to come over. In, so they, they back were in, in back of the yards. back in back of the yards. So we all knew Where each other. Where back of the yards were you? Fifty third and Winchester. Okay. Which is considered Inglewood now. It's not okay. even considered. They redistricted. Oh, after yeah, because 
51st Street became like the new line. I was going to say, about, I, I, that's what I was going to guess. It's all racial, man. Right, it's sure. all racial. It's all separating African-American people a cab, from Mexican uh, people. One of the spots I used to always go to, so they had a, uh, Checker and Yellow had this account with the city to take people with developmental disabilities, pick them up from these activity centers. Yeah, yeah. And one of my main ones, because it was near my house, because I was living in, I was living near here. I was living in the uh, heart of Chicago. Oh, 24th okay. and Western. Yeah, man, the so, Italian. Yeah, yeah. Part, yeah. Uh, which people think is Pilsen, but it isn't. That's not Pilsen. Right, it's not. That's realtors say it's Pilsen, but it's not. Yeah. It's it's made it's basically a little village practically, but uh, a lot of great restaurants over there. Yeah. So no, but uh, I would start in the afternoons, and my first stop uh, on often was at like 49th and Hoyne, and mm -hmm. there was this like Catholic. Act like school activity center there and I would mm -hmm. pick up these kids and take them home it was flat rates it was all south side but like it was really easy money and they were, they were just fascinating like you know some of them were pretty much grown they, they weren't children mm -hmm. they were just but they had just activity center there's somewhere to park them to have them do so some of them were like assembling things they were having jobs others were just playing or whatever mm -hmm. how old were they uh from teenage into early 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but that was one. Of, there was a bunch of spots all over the place. 49th and Hoyne, huh? 49th or 50th. Hoyne's on the other side of Damon. West, just west yeah. of Damon, yeah. 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 Uh, There's a, my, I went to St. Michael, the Archangel, mm -hmm. which is now San Miguel. It's mm -hmm. on uh, 48th and uh, Damon. The Stockyard Institute. The, 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 new, the new high school is real close to there. Yeah, Back of the, the Arts High School is right new, there. Back of the Arts High yeah. School is like... A block or two from where mm -hmm. I did a little work over there, man, and I also yeah. I, I started working at um, Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, I th there's a gang over there called the Saints, mm. and uh, I was the Saints art teacher for like five years. There was a second chance high school called oh, so, yeah, Dugan Alternative. Before before yeah. we lose track, you're yeah. saying you got the call from from like somebody dying in the neighborhood, right? Or, oh yeah, man. Yeah, my my. Uh, um, my uncle called me and told me that he saw uh, uh, Ramon, who was uh, the kid that lived next door. He was, R Ramon was like two years younger than me. Mm. And then uh, Carlos was a year older than me. And yeah. I played baseball with those guys every day. Mm. We played football. Yeah. They, they were my boys. Like, yeah. they, those were my friends. Yeah. And uh, uh, their mom was like a surrogate mom to yeah. me. And, uh, you know, my uncle's like, Channel 2 News, uh, Ramon, they have him on camera. He's screaming in front of the store, sobbing. They apparently had him sobbing, and it was on the news that the mother yeah. got killed. Mm. And I was like, what? You know, I couldn't fucking believe it. I, and I was like, all right, Uncle Floyd. And I, you know, I'm 16, so yeah. I get on the bus, and I took the bus. I went straight to their house. And when I got there, the, uh, you know, the, the police tape was up and everything, and they let me inside the house. And... Uh, I mean, I, they were like my family, man, you know, um, and they, they brought me in like that. And, yeah. I, and I spent the night there that yeah. night with them um, and, and I was grieving with them. And I remember there being like fingerprint dust, like all over their kitchen and yeah. all over their basement. And, you know, us being told to not go in certain areas of the house. And um, my friend Carlos talking about, you know, how he was going to like, you know, how he was going to kill this guy. And to make a long story short, the guy who, who, who killed her. Yeah. Uh, was so they had a pretty big family and they, they had a sister mm -hmm. she was about 18 years old yeah. and she was dating uh, another guy from the neighborhood that you know we we hung out with him yeah and uh 
apparently he started doing cocaine, mm-hmm. and he apparently he got whacked out on cocaine and yeah. tried to rob the store. They had a grocery oh, store. Yeah. They had like a he little carniceria. He needed money. And, and he, need, he yeah. needed money. And, and uh, you know, she, she knew who he was. She never liked him yeah. uh, to begin with. And uh, they, they got into a fight and he ended up yeah. stabbing her to death. And, so that, uh, that's what your performance was about? My, my performance was about, uh, it, was, it was, yeah, it was based on, it was based on that experience of, uh, I'm not gonna go out. I can make my own podcast out of it yeah. if I wanted to. Uh, that's why I went 22 minutes because um, I did. Yeah. But I had I had had a nightmare uh-huh. a week earlier uh-huh. that I couldn't shake out of my mind. Yeah. Where I was uh, at a at her funeral, oh. um, and uh, and uh, and she uh, she came to life mm. while I was praying, um, wow. and and she pulled me into the coffin with her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and 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 anyways, when I when I finished my performance, yeah, I suspected I went overtime. But when yeah. you're in a zone like that, when you're talking, uh-huh. you don't realize how long you you uh-huh. you went. Uh, after everybody's performances, yeah, yeah, there was a polite yeah clap, you know, yeah. and like when when my when when my time was done, you could hear a fucking pin drop. Yeah, you couldn't hear anything. It was just completely. <laughs> Silent. Yeah. And then I, I looked at my teacher, and my teacher was crying. Oh wow. Miss Peltier was crying. And crazy. Uh, and they just uh, all of a sudden, man, you know, I just got like all this like like love and support from yeah. everybody in the classroom, man. Everybody in the classroom was That's like cool. like just gave me this um, like immense amount of of support. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I've never been supported like that before. And mm-hmm. um, do you remember they used to have a 4D festival? Where what they did is they uh, they would select uh, one artist from each 4D class mm. to uh, they would have like a performance festival oh, okay. where like yeah. we would all do our performances right. and uh, they, they I vaguely remember that and they anyways uh, everybody <laughs> I didn't get chosen so I guess I wasn't paying attention to it <laughs> well, every, everybody chose me oh nice and I I I say I, you didn't want to I do said it I couldn't do it yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. and I and what what I did was I uh, I tried to do it again mm-hmm. uh, with a friend, mm-hmm. and I tried to videotape it, yeah. and uh, it came out so awful. Yeah, like I, I it just it didn't come out right. It was stilted. Like I I felt well, the camera. Because you were trying to recreate, you were trying to recreate something. I couldn't recreate. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Like um, you, yeah, if you had known, like you would have gone like that. Yeah. You would have had. You should have had a camera set up. Yeah, that for the first time, you know. But. Do you remember a movie that came out around that period called Mondo, New York? Vaguely. It was kind of like it was about the New York art scene. And yeah. Spalding Gray was in it. Okay. Yeah. Karen Finley was in it. Right. Anyways, I I had seen it right at that same period of time that I was at the Art Institute, and I was like, this guy Spalding Karen Gray. Karen Finley was such a big deal back then. Yeah. She was, but I I thought she was I thought she was fucking awesome back then. Yeah. But uh, Spalding Gray, I was like, yeah. you know, after I saw his performance, you yeah. know, and he came up in conversation yeah. in our class, I was kind of like, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I right. could do what Spalding Gray does, you know. So I, I, I tried it, and it, and it worked yeah. out. It was a great experience. But, you know, I think that that also was the moment where I was kind of like, I am an artist. Yeah. Like, I'm not just a graffiti artist. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking artist. You know, yeah. like, I, I, I have, uh, there's a reason why I'm here. There's a yeah. reason why I'm at this school. There's a reason why these people are coming into my life. 
And um, so I, I just kind of started divorcing myself from a lot of the guys that I grew up with, you know, mm. because they were just like, I, I was also feeling like I was coming to the end of my creativity with what I could do. Uh, oh, with the, with, the with graffiti. Art. Yeah. yeah, which, yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 my pride back then was my lettering style, my mm. wild style, stuff like this. Yeah. And um, I just started getting bored of it. Yeah. I just, I got to a point where I was like, I wasn't feeling it anymore and I needed to yeah. do something else. And uh, yeah, and all those things kind of cemented it. And yeah, that's, and here I am. Yeah, doing making art. No, no lettering whatsoever. No lettering, see, but lots of color. A single letter. Yeah. When? So when did? When did this? This kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't want to call them stripes, but like. No, you can call them stripes. Can I? Listen, man. I you know. I mean, um, we were talking about painters painting before, and like. Uh, Barnett Newman would get all, all, all flustered if anybody ever called his thing a stripe. It's a zip. There's <laughs> some, like, some fucking all right, so, pompous, like, so when did here's my feelings this about kind that. of pop thing, the, the thing that you do? Yes. When did listen, start, listen God, God, God bless her soul, okay? Now, I'm not trying to say it's a derogatory way, but it made me realize that, you know, Sabina Ott, a uh, great Chicago artist, man. Great, great that, professor, great teacher. Yeah. Um, first time I met her. Uh-huh. I was like super excited to meet her, mm -hmm. and she goes, "Oh, nice to meet you." She was like, uh, "What kind of what kind of work do you do?" She was trying to place me, you mm -hmm. know. She didn't know what I did, and I was like, "Hey, I was I was in the MDW fair right across from you." I'm like, mm -hmm. "You were, uh, you know, we were like kitty corner from yeah. each other." And she looked at me, and and she looked at me, and she goes, "Oh, you're the stripe guy." The stripe. Guy. And she said it with such indignation, yeah. man. Like I was kind of like, holy shit! Like I don't even. Know, what, what did she even do? I know the name. I don't like. I'm not... She had a massive show at the Chicago Cultural Center. She, died, she did. Right? She did. She passed yeah, away, like, man. Like recently, dude. And I'm. I am not trying to like yeah. say something bad. Like I was looking up to her. Like I. I she kind of broke my heart, you know. Yeah. But I think she realized it later because she still saw me around, and then you know she warmed up. We we got along fine. Like every time she'd see you, hey, stripe guy, how's it? <laughs> she never called me stripe guy again. She was she was always really nice to me. But you know what though, I I actually you know knowing you know knowing where she was coming from as an artist, it was very informative to me, and it yeah. was something that I had to kind of like deal with. You know that like I yeah. I'm like I think it's it's. I think it's funny that uh, there, there are some artists I think that don't like. Maybe they think like I don't consider stripes as being like probably the most repetitive thing to do in mm -hmm. in the world. Um, but here's the here's the way I feel about it. Um, first off, I love graphic. I I, I love graphic cuts in in in, uh, in color. Mm -hmm. uh, I love hard-edged abstraction. Um, yeah. when, when I'm painting, uh, and, and you know, if, if I had to, if I had to paint realistically, I could. You know, I did that big project for the White Sox. You know yeah. that, right? Back in 2000, I painted fucking 400 feet of baseball yeah. players. Right. You know, like, I, like if yeah. I had to, I could, you know, yeah, I could do course. representational stuff. Yeah. I'm just, I did that so that I could survive. Yeah. You know, and um, and and actually, it's it's funny because it actually took me a really long time mm -hmm. to come here. Yeah, uh, it, it, it wasn't like it wasn't the first thing I did as a young artist. It was like I came to a point where it's like, you know what? I, I, I think this is the only way that I could uh, uh, convey the message that I'm trying to convey. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how long would you say is, is this the kind of mode of working? 
work been going? 2013, uh, you know, but using line and, uh, and using uh, color, uh, you know, is, has been really steady for me probably for the last 20 years. Yeah. Like the painting that you own of yeah. mine, um, you know, the, uh, I almost consider those drawings. Yeah. You know, because the, the, uh, the brush I was using was the size of a pen. The motion I was using was yeah. like, like what you would do with a pen. Yeah. Um, so um, th those, that, those pieces, I think, ended up being really crucial for me to do. Um, I don't remember. Where, where were they? They were in a show, those, weren't they? Or like Manifold. Okay. Way up north. Really. Yeah, uh, I don't remember where I even saw that. Painting. I don't think they have shows anymore. No, but like, I don't remember. We traded. Is that how? Yeah. yeah it we, was from that. That's how it was I from ended that up with show. that. I just don't Maybe remember. Jahala projects? Maybe Jahala. Was, I yeah. think it was Jahala. It, they no, were very close to each other. I remember when, when I would have seen that painting. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, you know, like if one thing, if, if one thing's been a constant uh, love for me since, the, since my earliest forays into mm -hmm. painting, yeah. it's been um, as a young guy using spray paint and cutting into colors, mm -hmm. making a clean mark. Yeah. You know, like, like when you're using spray paint and you're doing these outlines, it's, it's a really big deal to have a clean outline. Mm. And I really fell in love with this kind of hard edge and this, yeah. this kind of separation and containment of color. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's just really natural for me. Um, but to me, um, all these paintings are kind of like, uh, they're, they're all the same painting. Mm. Like, I, I kind of feel like I've been working on the same painting yeah. uh, for like 10 years. Um, <clears throat> like, it's a, 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 it, it's a nonstop cycle. And it's, it's a, a, how do you show time? Mm. You know, like, yeah. like I, I, think that, I think the reason why I, I need to work like this is, uh, is to be able to uh, compartmentalize time. Mm. Um, and I think that a lot of that comes from uh, also playing music mm. and I, I see a lot of connect so uh, you'll notice like I mean, you're in the studio so something that's that that happens in a lot of my works is there will be uh, there will be alternating uh, left and right uh, patterns happening in in each painting where uh, there's 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 two different uh, color gradations or there's two completely yeah, like separate there's a, actions there's happening. There's a scale of grays alternating with like primary, like brighter. Yeah, the one that you're looking at right now. Yep. Has, yeah. has a kind of gradient thing yeah. in gray, yep. but then versus, versus uh, saturated colors. And I look at it as kind of like a left hand and a right hand. Mm. You know, um, that's, oh, like, that's like, the a piano, like a piano thing. Yeah, like I, it really, and, and that's the other like thing. The white is keys that, versus the black keys. Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah. like when people paint landscapes and stuff, mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, landscapes are still cool. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, people have been painting fucking landscapes for hundreds have of fucking years. Have you seen that show? It's, it's, no, I haven't seen oh, it yet. It's, it's so good. I've seen it like five times. Um, I wrote about it. Like it's. I'm going to head over there hopefully in the next It's fucking great. Too. It's, yeah. Yeah. But my membership ends in a month. I have to go pretty oh, soon. Oh yeah, you, you yeah. take advantage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last one I went to was the Barbara Kruger show. I almost had a, uh, I almost had like a, a seizure. Oh really? 
<laughs> I don't know, at one point. I liked that show, and I had a lot of friends that hated that show. I didn't, I argued I didn't see it because I have, I have no use. I have zero use for Barbara Kruger. And I like I like her Uncle Freddy's work much better. Yeah. Freddy Kruger. Oh, God. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I like her because I, I like text-based work. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do. I just like, I think, I think that stems from uh, my love of graffiti and like Jenny Holzer and just being right. attracted to text. And also I'm, re- I'm I, I think that, uh, I think, I think Barbara's got it right, you know, yeah. like, uh, like she's, she pretty much predicted the future a yeah. uh, long time ago. And I was really impressed with her video work. Mm. Uh, that was in the show, because and, and I, I'm not I'm trying not to sound like an asshole here. I don't want to sound ageist or anything like that. But <laughs> Barbara Kruger is close to my mom's age, mm-hmm. right? So like when it comes to like women of that age, you know, my mom is the main person that I get informed by. <laughs> mm, yeah. And <clears throat> Barbara Kruger is like she's pretty savvy, man. Like yeah. she's pretty like on top of shit. Yeah. And like really clearly understands like how the internet works and really understands how propaganda works and yeah. really understands how mass media works. And, um, and I, I, I loved her video work because it was all about those things. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was put together in a way where I, I just felt like a kinship with her. Mm-hmm. I, just, I was just kind of like, you know what, this is exactly how I look at the fucking world. You know, like I, I felt like it was, it was hmm. so close. Like, like I really felt like she was seeing something like a universal hmm. truth. You know, but whatever. Um, no, to each his own. To each his own. I got into a lot of arguments over this. Results show. may vary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and my thing is, you know, like, you know, I'm, I was born in the Soviet Union. Yeah, what she's man. doing is, you know, she's using the kind of, like, it's basically Brave New World slash 1984 yeah. in Barbara Kruger's world. But I don't think, I don't think she's, she's using that, that the, 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 those forms, but like, I, I don't think there's any way out. Like, it's like, it's completely hopeless to me. Like, and I don't want to look at it. Yeah. And well, like the, the, the things that she's commenting on, like she's sort of like a victim of, and like she can't escape it. You know. No, nobody can, and and that's what made the that, show good to me. Yeah. Is, is it was, yeah. it was overwhelming, and yeah. she had to know it. Yeah. She she yeah. deliberately no she well, deliberately just that's like how absolutely works. Yeah, surrounded yeah. you with it like like uh, like and I felt that I felt that like a lot of people missed that part of the show like yeah. I, I had a lot of people who were like oh man there's too much shit yeah. uh, it was it was dizzying oh you know yeah. and I was kind of like well I I kind of think that's that was part of her strategy you know like I think that that's what she no I I think I understand the play but I'm on the fucking internet every day even without a smartphone <laughs> and. It's more than enough for me. Yeah. You know, like all, you. all that shit coming at me, and I limit, like you know, like I'm not on Google, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Amazon. I know you're not on anything, man. It's amazing. No, I I don't do any social media, and still it's too fucking much. Yeah. You know? Well, because all the fucking money comes. Out I met you on social media. Out of the idiot box. A long time ago. Where I met you on Facebook. Yeah. How was that? That's how we met each other, man. We became friends on Facebook. Can't be. I was on Facebook for like three months. That was when I met you. That no, is. Yeah, I ran away screaming. Facebook's the one I lasted. Dude, I met you and you were off Facebook. Yeah. I met you and you were off. I was on Facebook in like 2009, maybe 2010. And that's when like I met less you. Less than a year. That's I, when I met you. Really? Yeah, man. I have zero memory. We go back further a decade. Yeah. Huh. Yep. No, I believe I believe that. I th- I thought we met in like yeah maybe Twitter or in like 
Not Twitter. I don't do or Twitter. Like, I have a Twitter account, but I, never I did that. Really I did that for like seven years, but yeah. like. I thought we were, I thought we met in like Tony Fitzpatrick land, but like we did, we we did, <laughs> Maybe in person. It, we, yeah. we, we did yeah. via like Facebook invites to shows and oh, stuff okay. like that, yeah. Um, but anyways, what were we talking about? Barbara Kruger. We're talking about these the, about the paintings. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, we're we're just, we're just talking. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> so another another thing that's like really exciting for me is mm -hmm. and, and like honestly like. Uh, there's like there there are certain artists that I've heard like criticisms of like they call them corporate artists like like Ellsworth Kelly for example uh, you know um, Victor Vassarelli the Hungarian op artist yeah he's yeah, kind of yeah. like the king of op art yeah like every fucking dentist office in America yeah, yeah, yeah. had a Victor Vassarelli serigraph hanging sure. in it at one point yeah you know now when I when I was a kid mm -hmm. all right when I was like when I went not a little kid when I was like eighteen. I got a job at one of those Michigan Avenue art galleries. Mm. It was called Circle Gallery, okay? And they they one made, of those like limited edition prints. They made like, all their bones yeah, yeah. selling Victor yeah, yeah. Vassarelli serigraphs, okay? Yeah. But we also had original Vassarelli paintings that would mm -hmm. come in. Yeah. And um, you know, I go to the Art Institute, and I'm like, this guy's in the Art Institute, yeah. you know, like like you know. Yeah. So like as a young guy, I was kind of like, wow, man, like. You know, yeah. and then I started reading about him, and yeah. you know, and and I've got a little Vassarelli book that I've had ever since yeah. I was eighteen years old. It's small, it's like that. Yeah. Big. So that planted a seed. That like, and one of his lines yeah. in the book is, "Paint your paintings and shut up." Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like that was yeah. his attitude. He's like, just fucking paint what you want and just shut the fuck up. You know, like that was like basically. What? You know where one of the very best parts of that painter's painting movie is de Kooning saying, I don't think painters ha have particularly bright ideas. <laughs> he's so funny, they just all like think they do. No, but he, yeah. he's like to to totally taking the piss out of it. He's like yeah. putting this smear next to this thing, that's all. Yeah, like, man. not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's better, better, as you say, better off really not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, man, just paint it. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I mean, like, that that's rattled around in my head, you know, like, yeah. ever since I was a kid. Uh, you know, also, I think, like, you know, my background, my, my, my lack of a degree, um, all those other things have kind of, I don't know, uh, I feel a lot better about myself now yeah. than I did, you know, even 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, um, I think that I, I think I had a really, uh, I think I've had a complex, you know, like, I've been going to therapy for a long time, man. And well, I think like a chip uh, on your shoulder about like the art art people. No, not a chip, man. Almost the opposite. Oh, yeah. Almost the opposite. Almost like feeling like I'm not worthy. Like you're not. Like good I don't deserve to, to yeah. be, you know, um, with you know, like in certain circles or crowds or things like that. And I've had people make huh. me feel the opposite way, and I've had people make me feel like, like I was like what circles like. Oh who, no, just who, like who are these fancy people you don't think you're worthy of. <laughs> well, I don't feel that way anymore. Good. I'm glad. No, you, I don't feel that sure way anymore. Shit no, no, no. I, I, I don't feel that way anymore. But unfortunately, I did feel that way for a yeah. long time, and it really was, uh, really was hurting me, man. It was, it was really, yeah. it was really fucking my spirit up. Yeah. And um, you know, I think, I think, like, uh, also, like, cutting a few toxic people out of my life, you know, sure. has has helped. There's um, a lot of very, very negative people, like what my mom used to call, you know, like like emotional vampires. You know, they'll yeah. just suck your life force out of you. I they think I, do, I think I kind of went through some of that too. They don't do anything, and but they talk 
a lot of shit about other people and they start rumors and they start, you know, they start shit. Yeah. That in the, the art world, whichever part of the art world you're in, is full of those fucking people. You know? It is, man. And, you know, I, I, think, the, <clears throat> I think the art world, it's, it's almost impossible to, like, not... Not fight, catch yourself gossiping at some point about well, something. Well, everybody gossips. So much shit everybody talks shit about other people. That's yeah. what we do, you know. You know? But like, uh, <clears throat> it's just like I think maybe in the art world, like the proportion of accomplishment versus like yapping, you know, like is so like the people that talk the most have like done the least, you know. Like they, the yeah. the talk is so outside versus what like you go and see what they've actually done. Yeah. But they talk and talk and talk. They haven't done well, shit. Well, I, I, you know, <laughs> I hear you, man. But you know, I even though I do feel better, you know, um, there's no denying, man. That there's certain people who, if they say something kind about you, mm-hmm. it goes a long fucking yeah. way. You know, like, and I still feel that way to this mm-hmm. day. Um, however, uh, uh, I don't ever expect it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I never, I never expect it. And I think I, I think that uh, all the all this shit that uh, uh, that I had to grow through uh, being like a young dad and like um, not finishing school and um, and all this other stuff I think it kind of added to my uh, anxiety, man. And mm-hmm. and I think I think it also might be another reason why I've, I've come to making the kind of paintings that I make right now because there's a there's a lot of order. Going on. I'm I'm not a loose expressionistic painter. Yeah. I'm not an abstract expressionist. <laughs> you know, no. like I'm, I, I'm I'm I need I need structure, man. I need yeah. order, and and I find I find a lot of structure and a lot of order in music. Yeah. And and uh, the way and, and that theory and the way that that's constructed, and uh, the paintings I make them because I gotta see them, man. Yeah. I, I like I I don't you know like I like I make these because I want to see. If my idea is going to be worth it, mm. you know, and I think, I, I, I think that that's, that's what really drives me at yeah. the end of the day is I think that some people, uh, get ideas of paintings they want to see yeah. and they never paint them. Mm. And some people do. And I'm just, I do it. I just, I, so I, you I, have, I, I mean, like, like, say, like one of the, whichever one, do you have a composition in your mind or in a sketchbook before you start? Is, is some of them, some yeah, of them, some of them, yeah. How, some much of are them. The, how much are they worked out ahead of time? Well, all right, so... I mean, you have to, you have, to have some planning. Remember I told you that, like, it feels like one big, long painting? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of imp- improvising that's going on along the way. So, sure. like, all right, so to, to, to balance off yeah. the structure, right, yeah. the, this very, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever fucked around with tape before, but it, it, it's, it's not fun putting the tape on and sealing the sides and doing all the technical stuff that needs to get done to I make fuck, a painting well, look the way I with tape now, but like not in yeah. the way you do. Yeah. I do it much, much more looser and yeah. fucked up with yeah. what I do with tape. But, but you know what? It has to be done, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and uh, so how I kind of balance that mm-hmm. is I allow myself to stay fluid. When the time comes for me to start applying the paint, I allow myself to be fluid at that moment. I don't go into a painting with a like a, a, a concrete like set like I am absolutely positively gonna do this. I'll change yeah, my mind. Work out numerically every single color or whatever, like the colors. Well, the colors are kinda of, I, I have uh, right now <laughs> we have a friend of the family 
um, who has this amazing 13-year-old daughter who uh, she's th- 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 this kid's like a, a prodigy like mm. she plays the piano yeah. she plays the guitar she paints yeah and and she's super high energy yeah. and her parents are like Jimmy Taker like yeah. like put her to work yeah like like she's like she's yeah. making us crazy right. so they drop her off over here a couple times a week oh, yeah. while she's off for summer break and she sits right here at this table and she mixes all my coach for me oh nice. <laughs> and that tires her out a little bit <laughs> tires her out it keeps her it keeps her engaged i put her music on she you know like I'll, what did she I'll, listen to uh, was it we were listening to the the maria's the, Mar- the they're from puerto rico oh i don't know that and then um she likes uh Lana Del Rey, you know. Yeah, she's got like pretty good taste sure. for a kid. She, but I've known her since she was a baby. Right. You know what I mean? Like I've That's known her cool. like forever. So she likes it here. Like she loves it here. Kid. Oh yeah, she loves it here. Yeah. And um, yeah, she she comes by and she stays for like two or three hours. Wow. Mix her colors. Her mom texts me. Yeah. Should I get her now? Well, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You know. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's two or three hours that yeah. I'm not spending mixing colors, and that's two or three hours that I could spend, you know, painting these things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do. I, I allow myself uh, uh, the ability to change my mind midstream. Yeah. If I want to. Um, but you know, I go to sleep at night, and uh, when I when I put my head on the pillow, man, like I'm 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 imagining stripes like mm-hmm. i'm imagining colors yeah. i'm imagining colors next to each other i'm yeah. imagining um and there's also like i said you know like i could do it for one so like <laughs> see the way this looks right yeah i'm, I'm not gonna you can cut this out but no no so i, I was actually kind of like you know what uh, i wish that dimitri was coming next week so he could see this painting when it's done but this is probably the next best thing so, so how many days in is this painting that you're... This one? Yeah. This is... I've been working on this for probably about a month. Oh, okay. So you see the way it looks through now, right? Yeah. There's this performative element to yeah. these paintings, too, that when you cover when you co- when you you cover the left hand and then the yeah. right hand takes over, sure. you forget what the left hand's doing. Yeah. And when you see them come together, it... Oh wow! It's a whole new world. That's really cool. <laughs> and it's it's it's, uh, it's spontaneous. Yeah. Like 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 I'm, it, it, yeah. you're you're taking this like really slow, deliberate, yeah. pain in the ass method, but at the end, the but yeah, you know you're gonna have that at the at that the end. The, the, That's pretty cool. It, it, it's <laughs> spontaneous, you know. So it's you know like yeah. That's thing, how you got I had it. no fucking idea yeah. uh, how it was going to look, you know, and uh, I mean, that's the thing is like yeah. half the painting is covered throughout and like I might refer to the, the other side, but yeah. even when, when, uh, when it's in this state, yeah. um, you're not seeing the, the hard edges, you're, right. you're seeing everything soft, you know, and when, sure. you, when you take the tape off and when those hard edges appear, mm-hmm. th- that, that for me becomes a real magical moment mm. and I never get tired of it I never yeah. get sick of it and you know what um, man I get more positive feedback than negative and yeah. most of the people that give me negative feedback they're probably too smart to be hanging out with me in the first place <laughs> so you know that's why well, they, they think they are you know what I mean yeah they're I mean, not as smart as they think <laughs> right but I have I, you know I've, I've come to appreciate that um, the the feelings that I get 
uh-huh. here are, are joyful, man. Yeah. And like this, the world fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, the, the, the whole right. thing. Right, as we said sucks. before, it's it's all ending, so it's all going to shit. I mean, yeah. we all know it. And uh and, and actually you know, um I guess this would be my political statement, you yeah. know. Um you, you know who I really love, man, for I, I love Matisse, man. Oh yeah. And um and, and the best. I love his paper cuts, probably mm. the best out of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably better than his paintings. Mm. And, yeah. and you know and those are graphic hard edge pieces yeah. and he made a lot of those when he was older. I just got uh, somebody, uh, a, a friend of my landlady died and, and she, she was an artist and she left all these art magazines. Yeah. And I got an art news from 1956 and oh, the cover shit. is one of those cutouts. Get out of here. And I just framed it, it's just a piece of art now in my oh house. Oh my God. It's so cool. It's beautiful. It's man. just like a really nice Matisse paper That's cut and it was on the cover of Art News. That's and it just awesome. Art News. And very different uh, typeface than they ended up with. Much yeah. cooler looking than That's fucking it is awesome. now. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah Matisse. I, it, it took me a long time to figure him out. Like, because you know when I was young, it was like I thought it was like real square, like like him saying how he wanted his painting to feel like a comfortable armchair or whatever, yeah. like all that stuff that he said. And then at, at some point, it just clicked. You know? Yeah. Like, well, I, I love him because he he's flattened everything out too. Even in his paintings are flat. Like the guy, the guy takes rooms and yeah. flattens them out. And like I, I'm I've always been attracted to flat artwork. Mm. Uh, you know, um, even like um, Japanese. Yeah. Uh, work uh, the flatness I think is what makes uh, abstract painting special mm. like uh, you know if I want depth you know I'm gonna I'm not gonna look at abstract work you know like I, I don't know that's kind of the way I feel I'm not saying it's all like that but uh, I just kind of pref- I, I like a little flatness with my abstraction hmm. um, and another thing that Matisse uh, you know he stayed he stayed in Paris during the Nazi occupation, mm. yeah. and uh, you know, uh, he got criticized for not being vocal enough and yeah. speaking out and not using his artwork as yeah. like a, a as and and I, 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 I'm paraphrasing him here, you know, but um, he made it really clear that his work was a reaction yeah. to fascism, and that um, sometimes uh, just being yourself is enough resistance, yeah. man. You know. Right. Um, and like that, that's kind of how I feel in this moment, man, you know. Um, yeah, not everybody has to be a Barbara Kruger, you know, like there's, <laughs> way, there's, other, there's other ways to react to things you don't agree with, you know, like. <laughs> Oh my God. Man, what is up with the Barbara Kruger hatred, man? I, but yeah, she was never, never my jam, but. You like Jenny Holzer? It's marginally better, yeah. but yeah, same, same, same ballpark. Though, yeah. I mean, they come. All right, from, my I'm, my head goes to this. Let, let, let me tell you one quick story. When I did go to New York uh, in November 2019, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I, I I remember that you know they they redid it that year. They they had been like renovating the museum and they they hung like a bunch of new shit like that was yeah. from now on going to be part of their new MoMA, permanent mean, collection. Or? MoMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they, I, what did yeah, I say? Re- you didn't, oh, you okay. didn't say you MoMA. Didn't say which museum. Sorry, it was MoMA. Yeah. MoMA. Uh, All right, so, you know, I went to MoMA. I was alone. Yeah. Yeah. I love going to New York by myself. Yeah. I love my wife with all my heart. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, when I go to New York, I am like, I'm on the fucking move. I'm going every single show I can go to and I wear yeah. it out, you know. And I, I went to MoMA, I stayed there for like eight hours, man. I, w- I went there as soon as they opened, I stayed there almost until they closed. And when I walked in, man, I saw a Jenny Holzer painting with Lady Pink. 
mm. who was uh, like one of the only female graffiti writers from like mm. the 80s, but a, a one that I really looked up to. And then when you go upstairs, there's Rem LZ drawings in MoMA. And I remember this feeling like, of, like my heart just kind of like swelling up and yeah. seeing those artists and feeling like that young kid again. Mm. And like remembering back when I was a kid, yeah. I used to get angry that Lady Pink wasn't in a museum. I used to get angry <laughs> that, that Rem LZ wasn't yeah. in a museum. It used to piss me off, you know, right. that they and were not they in a museum. And I walked in, I was like, look at this shit, man. It took 35 years. They hung it all just for you, just the like, way you, you wanted yep. it. And, and <laughs> it, was, nice. it, was a, it was a thing of beauty, man. But anyways, um, yeah, man, you know, uh, I, you know, there's not a lot of artists that I like, that, that, that I would say that I have like negative reactions about. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, uh, I'm pretty open-minded, I think, about uh, about most art. And like, if I don't like it, I just don't really talk about it. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much it. You know, I spent like 17 years working at the Museum of Contemporary Art. You did? Yeah, man. 17? Yeah, in their education department, man. I worked with young people, man. The yeah. Chicago Public Schools would bring kids over, and we would take them for tours through the museum, and we'd facilitate... Uh, conversations about the artworks mm. and uh i love that job man yeah i absolutely loved it but uh got laid off with an email yeah. right during the pandemic and i haven't been back since yeah well i don't blame you yeah i'm gonna go back though this summer yeah because yeah, my kids want to see the nick cave show mm. and you know yeah i don't love that museum <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't even like that museum really yeah i liked it when it was on ontario i don't like i hate that building yeah, it just seemed it looks like something from Nazi Germany. The one, the one on Ontario used to be a bakery. Was it a bakery? Yeah, like, it was just a bizarre. It was a big industrial like bakery. What a weird they made building. bread there. Like, yeah. No, I, I just remember the there was this really when I was in school they had this really cool Japanese sculpture show there. Yeah. Do you remember that show? There's a guy that fucking bent whole tree trunks. I don't know how the fuck he did it. Vaguely, man. Like there were whole tree trunks bent, okay. like like into shapes and shit like yeah i would have remembered that the, the but, i remember the first show i ever saw <laughs> at that building in ontario was a julian schnabel uh map drawings uh i, I saw yeah, they, yeah the, the i didn't know what the hell i was looking yeah. at i was really young and i was yeah. kind of like what, what's oh, okay. this but then i found out that he was kind of like loosely associated with a lot of artists that i admired and i liked yeah i, I think that's why i kind of glammed on big to that time period. in the 80s yeah yeah what's amazing about schnabel is that I really dislike his artwork, but I love his movies. He's a master I, filmmaker. He's such a great filmmaker. He is, man. And he's yeah. such a terrible painter. He's so bad. He's, you know, he's spectacularly bad. And he, he's I, just like I, grossly bad. I'm, I, you know what, man? I'm, I'm one of those guys that uh, I, I see why everybody says he's bad. I see why everybody says he's grotesquely bad. I think he's transcended bad and grotesque and has <laughs> slipped into good. Um, just the fucking gall of making something as big as he makes it. Yeah. I saw a show of his at the Gagosian, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I would say like a dozen years ago or something. <laughs> and I bought the fucking book. Wow. I did. It's called The Draw Family. And I, and I walked in and I was just like, this... The ambition. I don't know, man. There's something about his ambition. I mean, it can be annoying at the same time. It, 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 it could be uh, overbearing and, and obnoxious. But... When you, when you stand there in the presence of these, these massive paintings, yeah. I can't help but like, just kind of like feel like I would do this too if I had a chance. If somebody said you could make a painting this big, 
If you know, I would love to have that. Oh, I, I would try to make painting that big, but like I would take his and put it in a fucking dumpster. <laughs> but or I, I would sell it to some fool though. I actually I hated all his uh, broken plate paintings. I didn't. I didn't like any of those property. at all. I, I, that's I like his, his most famous stuff. I and I know, I know, and that. But you know, he was a chef, you know, and and I, I kind of appreciate, I guess, that he was using uh, something that was like part of his personal. What, what life he was and, and probably continues to be is a master, master networker and schmoozer. Yeah, that's that, that guy was always at the right parties and. That's how he got where he got. That's true, man. And uh, that that was a you know, that was a lesson I never learned and never mastered and never will. Yeah. Like yeah. the networking thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first first movie I saw of his was Basquiat. I think yeah. that's the first movie he made. It's one of the first. Yeah, I don't know if it, yeah, it might be maybe. Uh, I was just amazed. Like his his fucking Van Gogh movie is so good. It is, man. It's so good. I've seen yeah. it like three times. It is a good at movie. At Eternity's Gate. Yeah. Well, it helps that you got, you know, Willem Dafoe in your movie. Yeah. Who, you know, he's playing a young man except he's 60 in that movie. And yeah. it, doesn't ma- it doesn't fucking matter. You know, like, that's how good an actor Dafoe is. You know, like. No, he's fantastic, man. Yeah. I, I, I remember the, my, my first Willem Dafoe experience was uh, seeing the, the, the Temptation of Christ. Oh, yeah. Um, at the Biograph Theater. Mm. At the height nice. of all the controversy. Yeah, yeah, they they're protesting. That was that. my first one on the phone. I saw I saw one that came out. With, yeah, with, with the the, cra- the religious Barbara Hershey and crazies like outside. Yeah, man. Yeah. They didn't want you to go in. Uh, but you know, uh, I I told you I, I had a chance to befriend uh, Lee Quinones, who was actually mm. really good friends with Basquiat. They used to be right, studio yeah. mates. And I asked him, I was like, hey man, I'm like, yeah. what'd you think of the Schnabel film? Yeah. You know, I wanted to get yeah. like his first thing. He goes. Spot on. He said, really? he said, yep, he said, he said, it's, it's, it, that's exactly the way it was. So I was like really impressed after I heard that. I was like, okay, that's. Talked yeah. to a few other people kind of involved in that scene who, who are not as happy with that movie, but yeah. everybody's got their own access to grind or like they don't like how somebody was portrayed that right. they knew or that who, the way they were portrayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say who I talked to, <laughs> who's tangentially involved with that, you know, in that yeah, scene, yeah. but like. This is my, my turn not to name names, but uh, yeah, not, not everybody's happy, but like, yeah, I love that movie. Also, I, I, I don't like Basquiat, but I love that movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I, I have a lot of problems with Basquiat, and I, I, like, the, I, I like Basquiat's, I, I like the work that Basquiat was making yeah. when, uh, when uh, especially his early years, before he really got whacked out on on heroin, uh, even though I, before he I, became like an art factory, basically well, cranking out. Yeah, and I mean, and I think the uh, <laughs> well, there, there's a he's become a pop star, you know, yeah. like he's he's sure. you know over the last you know like uh, twenty years or so, yeah, sure. he's become a pop star, and and uh, and I. I I still love him, you know, and, and like maybe this is a fault of mine too, because I've heard a lot of people say like, "Yeah, that doesn't matter," you know. But I think I think people's life stories matter. Mm-hmm. I, I think and like a lot of people are like uh, you don't need to know the artist's life story, and I'm, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think I think that an artist's life story is actually, at least for me, it makes me think about the artist differently if I know so, a little so bit about. So what about life. his life story interests you? Um. You know, pro- probably being a, a, a black artist, man. Um, you know, during that era, like during like the Reagan kind yeah. of like uh, like the, the whole the superficiality of the '80s combined with this kind of inclusivity of people of color uh, yeah. and um, 
I think that's one thing that's really interesting. I think another thing that's really interesting is, uh, you know, he comes from really dysfunctional family, man. You know, he uh, he he had parents who struggled uh, with uh, reality, and uh, he had a hard time struggling with reality. And I don't know. I just see him as like like as an underdog, man. You know, like in every sense of the word, who kind of like defied all odds, but unfortunately. Um, wasn't you know wasn't ready man to uh, wasn't See, ready for that world I, I have a, yeah I have a very different view of him but yeah. <laughs> no that's cool if you want I to mean, share cause, well, I mean because well I think he was very very smart very savvy he came from more pr- privilege than he ever let on well his but, father was a doctor yeah I mean he, he came he didn't come from like a slum or anything and he strategically put his tags right next to places where they would be noticed by our people. Yeah, yeah. Like he knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And he cultivated, he sort of played on the art world and white world's like attraction to this like quote unquote wild guy, you know, like from outside of their world. And I think that was also the, there was I a think, lot I of think, I think he knew what he was doing and all kudos to him, but at some point, you know, he let addictions and other and the, the stardom like swallow him up. And yeah. that's super unfortunate. Uh, I think in that like, era though, like yeah. like to uh, you know. like what, what you said, uh, like wild man. I don't, you know. I think I think that. Uh, well, they all were. I mean, they were all kind of like stars that were like they were more than painters. They were like these performers, kind of public performers. But all they, those guys. Don't forget, like the the. The crowd that he was running around with too, he was running around with a lot of subway graffiti writers yeah. too, and um, you know, I, I don't know. There's just something about that. Like I, I've said it before in this interview, you know, there's just something I think is just like so crucially important about what happened in that decade, at least yeah. like to influence like a lot of people in who had like a similar life experience to me. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that in, in, in an artist like Basquiat, coming from a big city like New York, that mm-hmm. was that was going through all the problems that it was going yeah. through during that time, um, to to make it, you yeah. know, uh, was a big deal, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it's very sad that he couldn't get his addictions under control. Yeah, and those excesses. Oh, sure. But you know, I I had my own share yeah. of dealing with uh, you know similar problem, never nearly as bad as him, but. Uh, but also, I think a lot of us were trying to escape, man. The flip side is like the the people that survive and last a long time is a, is a much is a, a less sexy story than a guy flaming out. Unless you're Keith like, Richards. Yeah, well, <laughs> but if you have enough money to, to change all your body parts and all oh like, yeah, swap, swap out all your blood. You've, that's that's you, true. You're Swap fucking vampire. No, no. Like, I know he's had transfusions. All, all the blood. I know his fucking body. I know, I know. he's a fucking vampire. I know. You I know, know, like that's different. And Dick or like Dick Cheney has like is on his seventh heart and like eighth whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, and that's a guy. You know, shot somebody in the back of the head and the guy apologized. <laughs> that's power. Man. Hey man, did you ever fucking think ever in a million years that that you would be uh, saying to yourself? All right, Liz Cheney. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Did you ever think in a million years that you would be like saying, "Go get him, Liz"? Well, you know, I mean, that's the world uh, we live in now, man. Uh, sinking lower and lower, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, dude, she's terrible. She's she's yeah. she's an awful human being, and I am just like, 
I can't help it, man. I get excited when I see her at the hearings, man. I can't help it. I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm like, I can't believe that this woman is making me so excited right now. Um, um, but it's, yeah, so the, 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 the sort of the story and the marketing of Basquiat is such a big part of, like you get, get these people, you know, Jay-Z dressing as Basquiat in these fucking videos. Have you seen this? Yeah. It's horrendous. I've seen like, it. Like, it's so fucking gross. But you know what? I don't look at it the same way you look at it yeah. because and um, like, I'm, I'm convinced that Jay-Z, all right, first off, well, Jay-Z's that's market the, is that's the, Med, that's the Medici's of today. Yes, Jay-Z but also like like people like these are the the people that all right. First off, I'm a, set the market. I'm yeah, a Jay Z fan. Yeah. Okay. I actually like Jay Z. I, I went I, to go see him in concert. Yeah. My wife likes Beyonce. We went to go see yeah. Jay Z Beyonce together. Yeah. I I I can see why you would feel the way you feel. Yeah. That I would say that the, the counterpoint that I have yeah. is I'm actually grateful that Jay Z is is doing that. Because it's turning a lot of young people on to contemporary art. Because yeah. you know what? They're going to discover Basquiat, yeah. but then maybe they'll discover Kerry James Marshall. Yeah. You know, like, like may, maybe that maybe. One of the only reasons not, not, not to bulldoze the, the MCA is that Kerry James Marshall show. Yeah. I love that show. It was one of the most powerful shows yeah. ever. You know, he had, he had two shows there. Do you have two? Yeah, he had a show there back in like 2007. It was his first solo show there, and then they had like oh, okay. a retrospective for him. Well, yeah, I'm talking about the more recent one. Though. The one I have a Kerry James Marshall story. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's fast, so I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have two of them, but I, I, I met him at Three Walls. Mm. He gave a talk at Three Walls during his first show. Mm. I think it was yeah. 2007. Oh, okay. And it was pretty low key. It was yeah. kind of before he completely before he exploded on the scene. Yeah. And um, I, I met him, uh, uh, and I had a book. You know, so I was like a fanboy, yeah. and I was like, hey, "Mr. Marshall, you nice. signed my book," yeah. and he's like, "Sure." He's like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "I'm James," yeah. and um, and he's like, "Nice." I'm like, "He was so nice to me." Yeah. And he signed my book, and uh, thank you, Mr. Marshall. And he's like, "Yeah, hey, no problem." He was like super nice. Yeah. The very next day, uh, Art Expo was going on at the Merchandise Mart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was with my wife. And we're walking down the aisle, and Carrie James Marshall is walking in our direction. And uh, I, I made eye, eye contact with him, mm-hmm. and I waved to him, and he kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, hey, Mr. Marshall, I met you yesterday. And he goes, James, right? He remembered my fucking name, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I introduced him to my wife. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is my wife, Jennifer. And he kissed my wife's hand. Oh. He like took her hand, and he gave her a kiss on her hand. And uh, my wife never had her hand kissed before. No. And she had no fucking idea who he yeah. was. She had none. Yeah. She just knew that I, I yeah. recognized somebody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then he walks away, and I look at her. I'm like, you could never wash your hand again for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> she was like, who's that? And, you know, she's, my, my, my wife was learning about, um, about a lot of the art world at, at that time. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to explain to her that, you know, He's one of the most important artists in the world. Mm. That's, that's who that is. <laughs> and then uh, many moons later, the show that you're talking about. Yeah. Mastery. Um, yeah. I can't remember the name of the... Uh, I always screw his name up, man. Dieter Rolstrat or something. He's oh, the guy that curated that exhibition. Right. And they had a, uh, they had a talk coming up, mm. an artist talk coming up. And um, 
they were going to do a rehearsal for the artist talk mm -hmm. to go through his slides and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And they invited the artist guides, us, oh, nice. to sit in the audience. Yeah. And there was like, like eight of us. Yeah. So here's like eight of us, like sitting in the front row alone with the curator and with Carrie James Marshall hearing this artist talk. And, um, and, and he kept on kind of like, like, like it felt like he was talking to us, yeah. you know, like it, it mm -hmm. felt like you're in a room with Carrie yeah. James Marshall and he's like talking to you. It was such a sublime experience. And uh, one of my favorite moments was uh, when uh, the, the curator asked uh, Carrie James Marshall, he goes, uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of people who notice, you know, in your work, you know, that you, uh, you, you don't ever represent white people in any of your work, you know? <laughs> and uh, and Carrie, James, Carrie James Marshall goes, that's not true, you know? And he's like, uh, slide, you know? He like points to the yeah. slide. They were practicing this. Yeah. And up comes the picture of Nat Turner mm. uh, holding his slave owner's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, there you go. Yeah. There, there, yeah. There's a white person. Yeah. And we were just cracking up, man. Yeah. We were just laughing so hard. It was, it was beautiful, man. It was so good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, little moments like that make life worth living, man. It makes it makes yeah. all this struggle like uh, totally That's worth cool. it, man. To be, like I said, it's no, I've heard he's a nice guy. I've never met him, but yeah. I've heard he's a nice guy. I saw him at Blick once. Yeah, and uh, he acted like he remembered me. I don't know if he really did, but he he's such a sweetheart. You're know, such a really just that, a beautiful human being. Yeah, and a hell of a painter. And I learned a shitload about art just from studying his work. Because yeah. his work is is, is uh, but see yeah documentation of the entire canon of art history. Is, no, it's terrific, but it's also like it's such a different kind of career than Bas somebody like Basquiat, who has burns really bright for a short time and flames out. You yeah, know, like, I I don't think you could compare the two guys though. You, I think it's so such apples and oranges. No, you right? can't compare. I mean, I'm, I'm comparing the the kinds of careers. Like yeah. what I'm talking oh, yeah. about before. Like Carrie took somebody, school very seriously. But man. somebody that survives whatever their trials and tribulations early. Yeah. Like, you know, lots of people have troubles like you have, you know, and you came out the other end. Yeah. But other people don't, you know. And no, it's true. And, and I have a lot of we celebrate stories of people. That the way we celebrate them. dead rock stars is the way we celebrate people like Basquiat. It's very different than somebody like Carrie James Marshall, who's in it for a very long, it's a, yeah. it's a long arc, you know, like. You're making me think of another <laughs> artist that I really love with all my heart yeah. uh, uh, is Carmen Herrera. If you want to talk about somebody who had a weight oh, yeah, forever. It's like a like hundred or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah wait, like, I mean, like yeah. such a, yeah. such an inspiration. Um, yeah, at, uh, another painter, that kind of came out of that school and kind of like had to wait until after she died, uh, Legia Clark. Mm, okay. Um, I know the name, I don't know the work. But. She, uh, um, I, I saw a really great show of hers at MoMA, I want to say in 2012 yeah. or something, but um, her, her and Carmen Herrera were, were working on very similar style mm. work, but Legia also did some performance work and some, mm. some, uh, some work that was kind of like a interactive audience type stuff that that was kind of newish yeah when she was doing it in the 60s uh but yeah man we're going on a long time i hope you're good with time oh I, any questions that we is there anything we, you're gonna cut some of this out right <laughs> why it's all gold <laughs> it's all gold i think so 
Yeah, no, I think this has gone very well. Yeah. And exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wanna you wanna you wanna cut it cut it off here? To be continued. I mean I'm good. I, I'm good yeah. with time. Yeah. What time is Probably it? Probably go yeah. It's two and a half hours. Yeah, we're good. Almost. Yeah, let let let's let's cut it off. Uh, spare the long suffering audience. Have mercy. Okay. For people well, that didn't fast forward. <laughs> Tell you what, in case this uh, podcast comes out and my show at Compound Yellow in Oak Park is still up, you gotta end every podcast with a plug, right? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, hey man, <laughs> listen, I, I play by the podcast rules, buddy. Yeah. Well, and you always have to plug something. I'm, I'm here to learn. <laughs> and if it's, if it's still up, go see my show at Compound Yellow. If it's still up. If it's not, uh, You'll just have to wait like uh, another ten years or so and, until yeah. I have another show. Yeah, men- mention this podcast and you get ten percent off a of beautiful color field painting. Fuck that! No, nothing. He paid no double. discounts. You pay double. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade you if I like your work. How's that? It's a deal. Uh, it's you know bar- a bargain at twice the price. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Hey man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>